Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's that time of the week again. The Rugby League rant, fifth and last. Put on your headgear, chuck in your mouth guard and get ready for an hour of nothing but NRL talk. And we are back, back together in the same room. I'm still on painkillers, but I'm doing a bit better. So things should be a lot smoother and a bit more enthusiastic this week. And we can do the fan questions box head. We can. We can. Mr. Gossip also back this week. So everything's back on track. And who would have thought probably two weeks ago, it almost looked like the eight was locked in. That after a couple of injuries over the weekend, a few mm. spanners have been thrown in the works. There's the possibility, I know a lot of people think that two or three teams could fall out, but let's be honest, I still think it's only one team that yeah, can come in. this is why we don't look at draws, my friend, yeah. because the Titans, $1.25 against the Tigers, everything to play for, Good lost. Uh, Dragons play Newcastle, everything to play for, <laughs> lost. Draws mean nothing this right. time of the year. I think, well, Brisbane, Parramatta, who would have tipped that? Um, well, they were outstanding, Parramatta, but Brisbane led 12-0, we're all over them. Um, yeah, the loss of Clint Gutherson and Parramatta produced that. There are a multitude of twists and turns left in this, and it always happens every year. Don't look at the draw, just look at this week. And none of us are tipping any good, so it just proves that well, you know not, not a lot of us. No, he's not. He's not tipping well. No, he got six in the week. He got six. He's still got two wrong. So still doing pretty good. No one's getting eight from eight every week. So uh, look, there's a lot of twists and turns left, and uh, just enjoy it. Yeah, well, the one Plenty tip to talk about. The one tip I regret, and I'll wear it now. But again, we do this on Monday, Tuesday, and the website we do also well, do. Well, you're going to get. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say the Melbourne Manly one. 100%. But the Melbourne Manly one was based around the fact that on Smith. Monday when we recorded it, they said that Smith was out. Or Tuesday did we record yeah, last well, week? Two weeks apparently, and then he game three fifty Melbourne have my time again, and I did yesterday. I bet heavily on that game, and I won a lot of money. Smith yeah, so I don't plus. know. Do so people want us to like put on Facebook that we change our tip like before we, the game? When we record it, we record it. But we yeah. usually give a bit of a disclaimer. But yeah, a few funny people yesterday going on about uh, being experts on the day of the game when Smith's in. But if you hang your nuts out there on a Monday, that's what you get. Um, but starting things off, set of six. I know you hate the draw, but I've got a bit of a thing coming up with the draw and explaining why. I only think it's still one team that can come in. But uh, tackle one, Cameron Smith, game 350. Yeah. <sighs> What do you say? Well, not a lot. Um, uh, he was man of the match in his 350th game. Four try assists, three line break assists. He set him up a multitude of different ways. He ran all day. He had them on skates, turned Hughes back under, slipped the kick through for Cronk, laid one on short. Um, no one gets their forwards over the advantage line better. No one's got a better kicking game out of dummy half. No one dictates play better. And He's smart. He's durable. He's tough. He stood the test of time. He's missed 11 games. Over his career, 16 seasons. He's played 50 test matches for Australia, 43 origins, possibly 50 if he keeps going. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of people are saying 400 games. He's only got a year to run. I think he's going to keep playing. 
Honestly, don't. Well, why wouldn't he? Unless he falls off a cliff next year or gets a bad injury, why would you stop? He's outstanding. He, he said, uh, for as long as I can remember, he'll play as long as his body allows him to and as long as he's enjoying it. And he's clearly enjoying it. Well, who, who wouldn't enjoying be enjoying it? it? They're winning Origin. Melbourne are always in the top four. They're always a chance to win the competition. His body's okay. I, the age, age means bugger all. It, it means nothing. It's just a number. Well, you know, this... The physical conditioning of the players is as good as it's ever been. But the funny thing is, you get all these people like, ah, oh, when your legs leave you, he's never really had legs. When your legs leave? What does yeah, that even mean? The whole thing, like some guys, they go, oh, Farrah used to have dart or fullback stuff speed, this, that. He's never been the biggest, the strongest, the fastest. He's the smartest. And he's injury-free. As long as he's healthy and he's always two steps ahead, which he always is and has been for... It's between the years. Basically, you know, the first two years he came along nicely, but by year three or four, he was already two steps ahead of everybody. Mm-hmm. So for about 13, 14 seasons, he's been playing and just getting better and better and better. But over uh, this long period of time, being so dominant, he's a leader at all levels. He's the best player I've ever seen. Yeah, well, I... Um, I know I, he was a nine, but honestly... I put him in... I don't think you can compare him and Johns. I think they're on the same level, but I don't think there's oh, anyone anyone on that same level. Him, Thurston, Thurston, Lockyer, all those guys you put up there. I know he's a hooker. I don't think, I don't think Lockyer's on that level. People think Harbs, <clears throat> uh, you know, more influential, but honestly, what he's done from dummy half in the past decade plus is since, since I've been alive, and again, maybe sound like a bit of Melbourne bias, but I don't think it is. I don't think I've seen. Smith's been coast to coast, brilliant. Lockyer had a really hard start to his. Career, particularly his rep career. I can yeah. remember his uh, test debut was a shocker over in Auckland. I still think, though, he doesn't get enough credit because <clears throat> everyone forgets this is a man who won the golden boot to be the best player in the world in two separate positions. He mastered fullback Lock and he out. mastered 5 8. Yeah, I'm not saying so he, wasn't, all... he wasn't excellent at the end of his career, but you've got to judge the whole the career as a whole. I think he was pretty outstanding his whole career. Yeah, well, I think we're splitting hairs. But I'm, I'm just saying that I, I think it's Thurston, Johns, and Smith that are just on a separate level to everyone else. That's not to say that. I don't think Darren Lockyer is an immortal. I think Darren Lockyer is an immortal. Yeah, that's what I was getting at from the yeah. other week when we had that fan question. I agreed with him that the fact that we've already jumped past so many players and he's not being well, there's considered. no order to it. Like they need to set some specific criteria for the immortals. I think that's that's, that's, that's the biggest. With. It should be like a hall of fame, not <clears throat> this. Well, we've already got a hall of fame. That's the thing. So the immortals needs to be a spin on the Hall of Fame. It can't be exactly the same. But anyway, let's move on. Yeah. We've got sidetracked. Well, Cameron Smith, like I said, 350 games, uh, five games away from taking Lockyer's all-time record. Well, so when will that be? Will that be round 26? Well, five more games. He'll so equal it. Last round, I'm pretty sure Melbourne's at home to the Raiders. I was only thinking that. Yeah, well, they so are. Let's put it this way. <clears throat> if the Raiders do win all their games, which they're going to need to, good luck beating Cameron Smith and in he'll, round 26. And he'll, he'll break it in round one of the finals. So good luck beating Melbourne before the preliminary. And the only way that you're going to get that last game, Canberra, if you win the next four, is if Melbourne's locked in top two, has the minor or can't win the minor, and they'll rest players for you. But, yeah. Do you reckon they will? If they're in a position to rest, I think they will. But I don't think it's going to matter for Canberra. I don't see him winning all five games. I think Bellamy will rest if he needs to from an injury point of view. I don't think he'll rest just for the sake of resting. I think he will. If it gets to it, if it's I, a nothing I, I game, really don't. if it's nothing against Canberra, I think he'll pull those guys out and put in Croft, Smith, Hughes, etc. But wait and see what happens. Mm. Tackle number two. Uh, this one kind of pains me, but at the same time, I find it ironic for all the dog shots that Adam Blair's put on and some of the blokes he's hurt or you know taken out during games and all the mischief he's caused. He's ended his own season's team the other night. If you want to go own, back... Own team season. Own bro. team season. Too much drugs, bro. Oh, well, I'm still here. Uh, the other night, he's come across. Jennings put that grubber in. If you watched it nice and closely, Boyd's covering that kick. There's not a problem. But he still has to come over. Like the grubby is, 
hit Jennings and lo and behold, Andrew McCulloch, the heart and soul of that team, the rock in the middle, the guy that does all the tackles, probably been more dangerous than all of them, reliable out of dummy half, kicks and then just holds that core together defensively. He's standing there and Jennings lands on his knee. ACL, MCL, season over. Mm. Good one, Adam Blair. Um, and I was also bothered. Well, why are, we, are we surprised? I'm not surprised, but I was more bothered again, just the reflection of that. And earlier on, he tried to wipe out Moses the few weeks before, like hitting kickers again, just, just dumb shit. And at some point, it was going to come back in a way. It hasn't bit him physically or himself in person, but it's hurt his team. Because mm. let's be honest, McCulloch's their best player, and he has been their best player this year. Um, he's been carving it up all year. If honestly. I love Jake Friend, and I think he's had a pretty good year as well, but I could honestly make an argument that McCulloch would have been next man up this season if Smith wasn't playing Origin mm. over Friend at the start of the season. Um, but I just really think that's a dagger in the heart, and I just thought it was ironic seeing who it was again who just had to come over and make one of those efforts that he didn't need to make and hit a bloke, and it's you know taken out a critical piece of their team. He is the glue that holds all that side together, especially in the middle, because they're not a big pack. I mean, he's an outstanding defender. Like I said, ticks all the boxes. So. Brisbane can't win it without Andrew McCulloch. Poor old Andrew McCulloch. Um, Cody Nicarima will go to nine. He's well, not going to be able to hold down Ben the Hunt's going to do it apparently because he's played really? a lot off the bench and they're going to have Milford and Hunt or Milford and, sorry, Nicarima. I don't care what way you slice it. Hunt in there can probably defend there. That's fine, but he's not going to be as effective at no. dummy half. And Nicarima, if you put him there, he's obviously not going to be able to hold the workload. Travis Waddell is not going to solve your problem if he comes in from Q Cup either. It's going to hurt my fantasy team, brother. Slice whatever. Oh, you're going to make a lot of tackles for you. You'll still get points. He'll yeah. still probably kick too. But, uh, and Milford, I know he's playing the rest of the year, and I don't know if that show it. He still needs surgery, but he needs to find form quick or something else needs to go right because at the moment... Uh, Milford I, we're talking about. Yeah. yeah. Milford needs to step up now with McCulloch out if Hunt's going to go to nine. He doesn't have it anymore. Uh, Milford's sort of plateaued for me. I... He's really shut down, but if he's yeah. if there's no confidence in that shoulder, is Uncle Benny blunted his? I don't think so. Flamboyance. They gave him his big payday after he whinged about Jack Bird getting his. So no, but I mean blunted his flamboyance in terms yeah. of the attack. They've got free reign. Yeah, that's my problem. When but we, it looks like that yeah, because that's the way he's playing. When we review this game later on, I'll explain my thoughts on it. But <laughs> that's half my problem with them right now. Uh, the fact they do have free reign. It didn't look like they tried to do a whole lot the other night, to be honest, between him and Hunt. No, I, I There was agree. lots of settles. They went bang, bang, two good tries, and then... Just shut down, but... Um, Terrible. Yeah. Uh, best of luck in your recovery, Andrew McCulloch, and very disappointing after a great season. But tackle three, Michael Maguire. We spoke about this before. Uh, they obviously had that year after the GF. They reeled off all these wins. People saw they go undefeated, which was ridiculous. Um, they fell flat on their face, went out oh, week one. Undefeated. Year after, they finished 12th. Year after, again, 14th. Yes, the salary cap does bite, but I think they've managed things quite poorly. Um, they've given some contracts out, like the Burgess Twins and a few others that they shouldn't have. The Glenn Stewart one was bad. The Tim Grant one was bad. Robbie Farrow one's proved to be bad as well, let's mm-hmm. be honest. Do you keep Michael Maguire? And in all honesty, this is more because it's a topic for other people. I would. That's because I don't think there's anyone else really out there. But at the same time... It is looking more and more like they're just sick of his voice and that they need to change. Oh, oh. my question would be: Who are you going to get to well, replace him? I'm, I'm with you, but would I, just... I keep him in terms of what they've done from a performance perspective after they've won the comp? Uh, well, we're three years on, and it's no, just going backwards. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I think it comes back on whoever's made the roster. Well, that's uh, the question: the, the, Who's managed the roster? Like, is it been? Solely him, or has it been someone else? I I think their roster management has been poor. Has been poor. It's been very. It has poor. been poor. So, 
I, I don't know. Like, but then again, they've got Dan Gagai going there next year. But that that's what I was about to say. Is he going to go to fullback? The and signings plays at five eight. The signings they've got to me don't make sense. Like Inglis is coming back, but he's thirty by now. He's more likely to play in the centres because he's not going to be able to carry that load at fullback. Well, Dan Gagai, yeah. if you're bringing him for fullback, he can't ball play. He's got a good carry, but he doesn't help out there. I know a lot of people like Walker at six, but I like Walker at fullback because he can ball play from the back and he can run the football. But it's probably just finding that the right mix amongst all that, you know, like it's. But I still think he needs to loosen up. I still think they play a bit too uptight. The Burgess twins have clearly let them down. Sam's been outstanding. Uh, Crichton's an outstanding player. But yeah, I'm... but you watch them against Penrith. They obliterated Penrith, and then for the last couple of weeks they've well they they played tough against the Cowboys without being great, and obviously they didn't win that game. But yeah, well, I'll tell you who's fallen off a cliff in particular, someone that needs to pull their finger out. I know he's had some niggles, but he honestly looks like he doesn't want to be there half times. Adam Reynolds. Yeah, I agree. He came in first for years, he's outstanding. Yeah, I know he's got some niggles and that, but honestly, it seems every week, anytime he's got a chance to lay down or get some tape strapped on or something, he's he's down, he's out. He's constantly doing fitness tests for each and every body part attached to him. Um, the weekend again, I, th- I know he got hit late, but it just, yeah, I, I really don't know what's happened to him. After grand final, then getting into origin, then this year, there's just been a slow decline. Uh, hopefully it is just physical and he can get healthy and turn things around, but much like their grand final winning season, I think he's slowly declined as well. Mm. And they've paid big money for him. So um, I think that's the main thing, maybe like you said, I don't know if he's completely in control of roster management, but that's hurt them. Yeah. It really has, and they've given out some piss-poor contracts. So, um, I'd leave him for now as well. Kenny Edwards is tackle four. Um, the, the act on Friday, just lots of dumb shit we've seen in general. Um, he copped a fine, obviously not a suspension, but seriously, what's he thinking? And then literally the irony Kenny of Edwards is a moron. Article about two or three days before, I need, I'm vowed, no more brain snaps. I, I also don't understand what, who is the media manager for Parramatta who keeps putting him up for media. He just... I don't, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get the fact, like, do you put him up because he's going to get a headline for you? Like, are you looking to be, uh, to gain, you know, newspaper notoriety and publicity off the field? I, I don't get it. Anytime a microphone's put in front of his face, he's giggling or he's acting like a tool. I, I can't cop him. I really can't cop I can't cop him as a player. He does a lot of things to me that are weak. Um, and I think we can say that. We both played at a fairly decent level of footy. So I don't think... You know, I don't think we're we're saying anything out of order here. Um, did we? Did either of us play first grade? No. No. Uh, however, we played at pretty high level, level below first grade. Um, and I think a lot of the things he does, a lot of players wouldn't like, and they go against a player code. You don't hit a defenceless player on the ground while they're not looking, particularly once the play's been blown dead. Like the, that play was dead. Yeah. You, only, you just don't do it. You and don't do it. Uh, it was already lucky enough that Brown's effort to go hit him when he slipped. See, I think it's the best uh, best comparison you can ever see in your life. What Brown did, what was illegal, obviously, hit him high. Mm. Outside of that, there was nothing wrong with what Brown did. No, I, he I, stopped. He, he, he hit him high. He, yeah, he didn't go in over the top. It, he got it wrong, but his intent off the line was fine. He tried to hit him legally. Yep. All good. And then you get Kenny Edwards, who then jumps in late. And, and the thing that shitted me the most out of all of, all of what Kenny Edwards did was then high-fiving and carrying on like an idiot afterward. But it was, it's everything. The wind-up, the shoulder was aimed. Jonas Pearson's actually lucky he had the ball on that side of his face. Yeah, that's it would have hit him in the head, yeah. Because otherwise he was going to get literally a blasted shoulder in the temple to plant Look, his head in the floor. I think I, I genuinely, if I was Wayne Bennett, I would have had a conversation with my team as to why 
someone didn't at least go in and just not not punch him, but push him over or shoulder charge him or just just something to square up on that. I, well, I there was a bit I of get it, I get it, but I just. But I also think that's where the game's gone wrong in that there's no means for any team to sort of get back at a play like that that Ken Edwards did without having a player in the bin. But then again, as a player, I look at it and I go, nothing happened. He didn't get put on report for that. Nothing happened on the field about that. They penalised Nathan Brown. What Kenny Edwards did to me was three, four times worse than what Nathan Brown did. There's no repercussion for that. So if I'm a player, I'm going, well, I'm taking this into my own hands. So yeah. I don't know. I think there's going to be a point in time where a coach is just going to say, "Look, if if any if something like that happens, wet boys were all in. We're, we're going to blow him one on one. Get up, fight him, and and make a point of saying that enough's enough. I get that we're going to get rid of the punching, but it doesn't mean that we then need to get into all this grubby, yeah. doggy sort of play. And Adam Blair, well, you brought up Adam Blair before. He's the king of it. Mm. But Kenny Edwards is is. Working up a bit of a resume uh, to to sort of rival him. His is annoying because it's all like you said, niggling stuff, late stuff, just shit like that. And well, rubbing players on the head when they've made an error, and Yahoo and clapping in their face. First one to get sent off for the slap. He went in the dressing room through the chair, and then just his play in general frustrates me because he he has a really strong carry. He does some good things, but mentally, I don't think he's all there. Honestly, like he had some really good carries again the other night, but then he's the master of the cramp. He's the master of he's just all the little things that really give you the shits. Hmm. You do want room for villains in the game. I get people like, oh, well, you need to... I get that, but, like... There's, there's a difference, difference between, between a, villain a villain and a dickhead. And just being an absolute grub week in, week out. And sadly, like I said, I watched him play his junior footy. I watched him in cup a couple of years ago. He was killing it. Didn't do any of this stuff. Since he's been back in grade, though, it's slowly... Bit of an ego. It's I, slowly grown the last couple of, of years. Thing. And it's gone from playing decent football off the bench for Parramatta and being a useful piece to almost being a distraction. And the more they seem to win, the more he's... Starting to, you know, look like he's getting a bit of an ego with it. So, um, yeah, quite disappointing. But if he keeps it up, I'm all with you. I think he'll find the wrong person one day, and someone's going to throw a punch. Uh, tackle. I'll five. tell you what. If you did that to me, I'm no, I'm no brawler, but I would have got up, and it would, have, it would have been yeah, no problem. I'm not saying it's yeah, but I thought Jonas Pearson copped it really well hmm. to the point where I, I, I probably wouldn't, I wouldn't be comfortable being Jonas Pearson's coach. Thinking, man, like if someone's really you're you're in a you're in a combat, you know, you're on a field of play, you're competing, you don't need to cop that. Yeah, but I don't really think he had a chance after he got hit that everyone was already in there breaking it up. You can't yeah. really jump up and try and bop him. That's the other thing. Everyone sort of runs runs in and grabs each other. Like it should should be between a couple of blokes and sort it out that way. Yeah, well, see what happens. Tackle five, the Manly Seagulls. Last two weeks, they've copped ninety points. They've fallen off a cliff. Everything looking so good. Barrett's backpedaled this week, saying, "No, no, no, I didn't say they were arrested. They were injured." So. Whether that's the case or not, apparently Green had a quadricep injury last week. Uh, Lawrence, a different issue. I don't know, but the attitude certainly fallen out of the place in the discipline. Lots of errors, penalties, uh, little things yesterday when they were getting trampled by Melbourne, who honestly should have scored more early on, except they dropped a few balls, attacking Blake Green on that uh, left-hand defensive edge, right-hand side attack. Um, and then Matt Wright, like later on, just kind of summed up the frustration, the stupidity of the last two weeks. Suley tackles him, fair tackle, stands up, yeah. holds him out for marker, gives a penalty. Melbourne goes score just before half time. Come out second half, same kind of attitude, just absolutely light them up. Well, the golden rule is you never give away a penalty with the ball. And I thought I thought Manly, they just got a penalty, I think. We're going down the field. I think it might have been 12-6 or 14-6 at that point. And I mm. thought they score here, they're, they're back in this game. And that was there was only about 
20 to go, I think, at that point. Yeah, and Melbourne should have honestly had a lot yeah, more I points get that, for the first half. But dollars. I thought Manly, Manly defended quite well. They did. Considering how much ball they gave away to Melbourne. I, look, I didn't think the game was... The last 20 minutes, I thought, was alarming for Manly because they leaked like a sieve. Uh, and obviously the first half of last week is alarming. I'm not too worried about that performance yesterday. It was always going to be very difficult to win down there. Dry track, 2 o'clock game, Cameron Smith's 350th. Um, and the fact that they made a lot of errors, gave away penalties. Never, They were never really in that match in terms of a winning chance. I never felt. But uh, last week rings alarm bells for me because they considered 50 to the Dragons. And the Dragons just went out on the weekend late and then got beat by Newcastle. So, I look, mainly are about where I think they... They should be about. Well, I think a lot of people are probably overrating them through that that good run. I think now people are probably underrating them. I think they've gone a little bit too far. I think Manly are who they are. I think this is the reason why I can't see them winning the comp because they're far too inconsistent in their performances, and they're probably a year away. I think from being a real top four threat. Well, again, I've said it a million times. I think they've overachieved considering the depth of their squad and missing one point four million. Yeah, but I think the other people so. are now going the other way. They're now starting to say they're going to drop out of the eight. Nah, and not, you know, the, the world's caving in on Manly. I I certainly don't see that perspective. I, I, I think Manly are going to be there come finals footy. Yeah. But the uh, and if they can string four, four uh, good weeks of footy together, they're going to be competitive against anyone. Yeah. But at the moment, they're, they're having a little dark period. Yeah. Like yeah. Last week was was the one. To name me a team in the comp, any team in the comp that could have gone down there and won yesterday. Well, no one Smith beats Melbourne on a milestone game. No. That's what I said before. And once Smith was in, I immediately loaded up for a reason. Yeah, it it's perfect. an overreaction. They just absolutely ran a train on them, but... Um, that's the last one I got here. The last one I got here is basically what we're just talking about. For all the people yesterday saying Broncos, Cowboys are both going to fall out, uh, you know, just stupidity, honestly. Broncos and Cowboys already got 12 wins. Usually 12 and 12 gets you in, and automatically that can't happen because you're basically saying they're going to lose every single game and teams under them have to keep winning. So they're not falling out, neither are the Eels on 12. On top of that, the Eels, honestly, I think have a top four shot now. Because well, the, they do. Whether you like it or not, like I said, I have to use the draw as an example. But Dogs, Newcastle, Titans, Broncos again, South. From the way I looked at it, that Broncos game could decide whether they get in or out, depending on how the Broncos go. I was just talking to two of the craziest Parramatta fans in the world. Um, They're pretty confident. I, I won't name them. No, they said exactly what I say on the podcast. They go, Parramatta, Parramatta will get beat by the bloody Bulldogs this Thursday night. That's Probably. what we always do. We always beat the better teams and losing it the ones we should. And I don't know, but you look at the draw and you look at where those teams are positioned on the ladder and you go, yeah, okay, they, they're probably run. their best chance to finish in the fall. Doesn't yeah. mean they will. No. Uh, look, and if they play like they did on Friday for the last 60 minutes of that game, I don't, I don't think they can win it, but I, they're a top four team. But let's put it this way. Melbourne's on 15, Roosters on 14, Sharks, and I don't care what anyone says, Broncos, Cowboys, Eels, on 12, none of them are dropping out. So and, man, and Manly. And Manly's on 11, but Manly's not going to lose all their games. They're at least, and that's what I was going to say here. Okay. If you want to look at it from this picture, people say there's 10 teams left. Well, I'll automatically can that for you. Canberra's not getting in, and here's why. They're on eight. So you're saying that everyone in front of them basically is not going to win or win one more game, and they're going to have to win all five. So that means Penrith can only win one or two, Dragons can only win one or two, and Manly can literally basically win one game. So that Melbourne, oh sorry, Canberra minimum have to win four or all five, and they've got to play the Sharks this week, 
Uh, they've got to play the Warriors overseas, which is one of those games that the Raiders would usually lose when they're supposed to win. Mm. They've got to play Penrith, who's above them, so that directly affects them. Newcastle is definitely not a bogey. They beat them this year, and then they've got to finish off with a storm. So take that out of your head. Sorry, Raiders fans, you're out. There's nine teams left. Yeah. All right? And looking at it again, Manly, if you look at their results here, under them is Penrith. Well, what, what chance do you give the Raiders out of 100? Zero. They're not getting in. They have to yeah. win all five games, and all the results have to go in their favour. I, I give them, I give them a one out of a well, one in ten chance. I think if you no. play this, play this out ten times, they make the eight once. So there's a 90 percent chance in my mind they don't make the eight. So yeah, I'm buying into what you're saying. Mate. And again, the reason I say this is you move on to the Dragons, which is one that everyone's death riding, and possibly I think Packer on the weekend picked up a niggle. Frizzell had a niggle, and Sims as well. They don't have the great amount of depth, but their draw, and again, I don't want to read too much into the draw, but they've got Souths this week who have basically shut down. Your mob, the Titans, who have shut down as well. Broncos be a tough game. I don't expect them to win that. Yeah, but um, when you say shut down, shut down now, like, I don't, want to, I don't want to play the Titans now because now the Titans, the season's gone. So, and we know the sort of footy the Titans can play. I get that. I'll throw the ball around. That's and f- the other the other side, I, I don't want to play anyone that's... I don't want to play the Rabbitohs this Friday night. I get that too, but they're already SCG, out. It's a 50-50 thing. Round. Some of those bottom teams get loose. This is why I don't like looking at the And draw. then there's others that just don't care and they're already on Mad Monday. To me, yesterday, the Titans look like they're on Mad Monday. Seriously. Yesterday. Yesterday they did. Yeah. But I'll tell you the other one for me. You know, two weeks ago they dusted the Sharks. This is another thing I'm factoring in, and you can agree or not agree on this either. South basically admitted that Angus Crichton's got a stress fracture in his foot. I don't yeah. want that to get any worse. Take it's over. Out. He's done. Yeah. If Burgess has got a niggle, I'm paying him eight $900,000. He's not playing again either. I'm blowing it up if I'm South. Yeah, okay. They're probably if not going if to. He's, if his condition... Why would you damage... If his condition needs surgery and it means you can get him back for pre-season, yes. If it's just a niggle that he yeah, can play with, Crichton, then that, gonna it's going to naturally heal over the six weeks that he's going to have off afterwards. Are you going to hurt your most talented 20-year-old? No, if he needs I'm surgery, not. you go and get it. I Do get it. that, yeah. right? But if it's just a niggle that he can play with and it's going to heal up once the season finishes well, and there's no long-term effect, then they talk. play. Crichton's with surgery and they're they holding off. So, so yeah, we don't know that. So we're speculating, but... And you've also got to take into account the fact that Michael Maguire might feel as though he's under a bit of pressure. So he's, he's going to play those guys. He can do what he wants. But like I said, Canberra to me, they're not winning enough games. Well, who results. have Canberra got? As I said that, Sharks, Sorry. Warriors, Panthers, Newcastle, Storm. And I reckon they're well, not. Well, Storm and Cronulla, they're going to lose one of those games. You've got to win. Straight away. So let's not even talk about it. Yeah, and Penrith are going to be desperate as well. And it's Melbourne Newcastle's down in Melbourne. Been. Well, you're right in the fact that... Um, Melbourne, that could be the three fiftieth as well. But so. you're, you're already two behind. Oh, sorry, the his record breaking game. You're already two behind, and you're saying that no one in front of you is going to keep winning. So they need minimum four no, and four and against. It's I not do. happening. Uh, and then you look at Manly. Manly is the one on eleven that everyone's saying yesterday. They're on ice skates. Well, if you want to look at their side of things, they've got the Roosters this week, which I wouldn't expect them to win. But then they've got the Tigers, the Dogs, and the Warriors. If you can't tell me they're not going to win at least one or two of those, you're kidding yourself. Well, if they don't, they don't. And to they're be only there. missing. Curtis Sirenen, and I think the other one's Tefua. I look at it and I just go, Penrith play the Dragons, I think, in round 25, and Penrith play Manly in round 26. I, I think they're just going to be bumper games. Do Manly play the Dragons again in that Well, this that is round? what I was going to say. Do they or not? If no, you let me finish on Manly. Sorry. They finish with the Panthers, yeah. which might have a direct result. But honestly, Manly to me are going to win one or two more. They're not going to fall out. I've got Manly locked so in. So I'm going to lock Manly in. Yeah. All right? But this is where it comes down to. Dragons, Panthers. Panthers have the hardest run home as far as com- competition because every one of their games, bar one, yeah. has a direct effect on the finals. This week they play the Tigers. 
And let's be honest, it's Ivan Cleary. He's against his young bloke. They've been getting better. I don't see this as a gimmick. It's not. Most Panther fans might because we're on the ladder. Let me tell you, I reckon they'll throw something Particularly up this Particularly after week. the way that Penrith played on Thursday night. Yeah, the last two wins haven't been impressive. No, they haven't. And then you've got to play the Cowboys. Who I'll say it again. They were impressive the other night. They were unlucky not to lose that game. Yeah. Everyone's going, they got such That's a tough draw. That's from a Saturday night. Tough draw or not, the Cowboys aren't going to roll over. No. Hess, Tamalolo, Michael Morgan, Lock and Coot, Jake Granville, yeah. you argue with And then it's Raiders, right. yeah. Raiders are fighting with them. Cowboys right, so let's say the Raiders, let's say the Raiders win their next two and they've got to go down to Canberra. That's, that's just the thing. Say. Yeah. These so, last three games for Penrith are critical and they have to win one or two of these first ones as well. So they're waiting for the Dragons to keep losing. Then potentially if the Raiders win their next two, they've got to beat Canberra. In Canberra. To keep them off their tail. Then you've got to play the Dragons in Penrith, who might be playing for their season, depending on how their results go. And then if you're right on the fringe of it, you've got to play Manly last round. Away. So yeah. I, I did a predictor, and I'm not, I didn't get exactly what I come up with, but let's put it this way. Those seven were all locked in uh, that who I said originally. And the last team, I had 13 and 13, I think it was, between Penrith and Dragons. I didn't have four and against on it. But I also changed it a few times. So where, you had them finishing equal. Yeah, but I also changed wow. it a few times because I was generous. To both. I had Penrith beating the Cowboys and beating the Dragons. And then in another scenario, I was like, well, what if the Dragons roll Penrith, um, win this other game? I don't know why everyone kicked up a stink the other day saying it's three or four teams are going to fall out. Or sorry, three teams can fall out. It's not happening. Automatically, like I said, Cowboys, Broncos play each other. One of those is clinched. And on 12 wins, you're not falling out. Hmm. So anyone who's got that idea in your head, give yourself a triple. Six teams are absolutely solely locked in. And Manly's definitely, in my opinion, if you're going to tell me Manly's going to shit the bed, you're telling me that the Dragons, Penrith, and Canberra are all going to come after him and win games. Mm. I'm auto- automatically wiping Canberra out. So, yeah, yeah. realistically, the only way that Manly's fallen out, I know they're only one clear of those two, but you're telling me they're not going to win another probably two games, and those other two sides are going to win three or four. Yeah. So, honestly, uh, the way I had it finishing was Storm 1, Roosters 2, Sharks 3, Eels got 4, but that was depending on the result between them and the Broncos. Broncos finished fifth, Cowboys sixth, Eagles seventh, and eighth. I didn't have it, but that's what I was going to do with you now when we move on to our locks and our gones. We said last week we're going to lock in everything this week because things are a bit tight mm-hmm. and move on. So we already locked in or already locked in Melbourne, the Roosters, Sharks, Manly, which I'm sticking by, Broncos and Cowboys. I have no worries with that. I have no worries now locking in the Eels, and I'm sorry to say it, but... <sighs> I don't, oh, this is such a flip of the coin. I don't think the Dragons have got enough depth to pull themselves out of this. But at the same time, I think Penrith's got a harder draw. So I don't think there's any easy way to decide who gets that spot. But it's not going to be the Raiders. But when you look at it, like I said, there's so much weighing on all these Penrith games. Who do the Dragons play? The Dragons are playing Souths, the Titans, Broncos, Penrith. How many Dogs. points are the Dragons on at the moment? They're on the same points, those 24, two. is it? I think it is. They, and they play... Who do they play this week? South. Yeah. Look, I I, I think... Best case... If I had to pick right now, I'd say the Dragons get in. I only think that because I think Penrith's got a hard draw. I yeah, think, I think, and I also think... Yeah, and I look at the Dragons and think, well, they should beat South. They should beat the Titans. They should beat the Bulldogs. But... Yeah. With Penrith, well, like they said. could finish equal and just go on for and against. So I think that's more than likely going to be what happens. I think they probably win... From here on in, they probably win three out of five each, something like that. But I honestly think you're tipping this on potential. I think Penrith have the potential, but I don't think they're playing good enough football. And I don't think it's going to change in the next couple of weeks to be enough to win probably three of these games. So, uh, we, But we're, we're agreeing in that 
we're agreeing in that we've locked. So we've we've both locked in Storm Sharks, Roosters, Broncos, Cowboys, Seagulls, Eels. Yep. And we've got rid of Titans, Raiders, Warriors, Rabbits, Dogs, Knights, Tigers. So we've basically said that it's that last position is down to those two teams. Yeah. Raiders aren't getting in. They need everything to go their way, and they need to win. Well, who do they play? Games. Who plays this week? Penrith play who? Penrith play the Tigers. Like right. Said, and I who don't... do the who do the Dragons play? South. South. Let's say that we're going to make. So we've locked in all those teams. Locked out. Let's say next week we're going to make our call, and we're going to ride it for four weeks. Yeah. Give it one more week. But honestly, like looking at it, I look at it this way. If you ask me who I think is the better team, I think Penrith are the better team. But that's more because they've got better depth. Uh, they're going to get Moylan back. They're going to get a couple of these guys back in. Cartwright again. I don't, I'm don't. i still not sold on him. He's had a long time off. He's got errors in his game. Uh, they're talking about putting him straight back into 5-8. I think that's the worst possible thing you could do. So it's things like that and Anthony Griffin that worry me. Mm-hmm. I reckon if Penrith had the right coach, Penrith wouldn't have been in this situation in the first place. That's my opinion. Tend to agree. Uh, the Dragons are falling apart. They don't have a whole lot of depth, and they're potentially going to be missing Sims, Packer, and a couple of guys this weekend because they got some niggles. Frizzell's busted. He was terrible on the weekend. So I look at them, and I think your start of the year form had you there, but the critical moment, the turning point for their whole season was Anzac Day. They lost Widop, Dugan, put in a tough performance, gutted out for another three weeks. Got beat. All those guys strung along. They put in such a great effort, and then they lost three guys to Origin who have picked up niggles, mm. and they didn't have the depth to cope with it. So now it's biting them physically. If only missed a couple of weeks as well, yeah, they don't have two halves. But I'm looking at it basically saying if you want to, you, who I think deserves, and no one deserves it, but off the, what they've done this year, I think the Dragons deserve to get in. Do I think they can make an effect on the finals though? Mm. No. I think Penrith could shake, rattle some cages, but I think it's too late, and I don't think the coach and everything that's in place is enough to turn things around, get in and put a dent. But if you want, wanted me to say, say who I'd want to get in, I'd rather see Penrith catch fire and somehow upset somebody but I just don't see it happening. Mm. So I'm with you. I'll wait one more week, but just everyone out there, the Cowboys, Bronco, they're all out. You'll give yourself a triple. Yeah. Instantly, if you're on 12 to me, you can't fall out. Those two teams play each other, so one's automatically going to 13. They're not losing every single one of their games. Eels has got an easy draw, so six are locked in. Manly have got a couple of easy ones there. Same deal. I can't see them losing all their games. Yeah. Or four of them won, and then somehow those teams under them winning all their games to catch them. So I honestly still stick by what I said before. Panthers, Dragons, we'll wait one more week, but yeah, it's going to be hard to pick. It's going to be very hard to pick. Mm. But Penrith is still left a lot to be desired for me, but they have all the potential in the world. And the, the Dragons, they don't have the squad. They're not going to make a dent. So if they get into me, they get beat week one. Mm. But <sighs> all right, that's my ran over. But power rankings, all right? Power rankings this week, uh, I've still got things basically quite similar. I, I made one change, actually, mm-hmm. or two changes, but they're more at the bottom end. So, number one, it's quite obvious, it's Melbourne again. Storm. Uh, the Roosters are number two. I've said it all year. I had them at one for a long period of time. When they get healthy, I honestly think they are a real threat. Oh, I've got the Sharks because a few weeks ago I saw the Sharks just decimate the Roosters. So, yep. I've got the Roosters at three, but number three, the Sharks. Yep, I've got the Sharks. Yeah. Tradesman like performance without Maloney. I've got Broncos at four. You got the same. I've got them there, but honestly, if from what I saw from the Cowboys, I was very tempted to move them no, up. I've got the Cowboys at five. They've I've, stayed there. I've got them at five. I was very impressed with the effort the other night. Yeah. Six, I've now moved the heels up. Same. They were tough. They're gritty. Um, it was almost like they were waiting for a tough game. They've been half-arsing against a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. The other night, they played a real good 80, a quality 80. Yeah. Um, number seven, Manly have dropped down. Same. And number eight. I've moved the Panthers in for the Dragons. Right. Well, I already had the Panthers in, so but, only the one little change for me. Uh, Eels went up, Seagulls went down. Yep. Uh, same for me. Locked in for my locks. We obviously said it. Storm, Roosters, 
Sharks, Broncos, Manly, Cowboys. I'm locking in the Eels. Well, we're just locking in the seven that are yeah. in the top seven. So next week, we'll make a final decision, whether it's St. George or Penrith. Yeah, I just want to see him for one more week. And like we said, the team's already out. That's quite obvious. We've already got Newcastle, Tigers, South, Dogs, Canberra, and the Titans. So uh, the last one to add to that one will be one of these two teams next week. And that's your power rankings. We've done the set of six. We'll review the games before we do fan questions. But Brock... Your player of the week this week. Player of the week. You can take the obvious one. It's okay. Cameron Smith. Yeah. I'm not taking Cameron Smith. He can... Well, I've got two in mind, and he was one of them. Well, you go. You, you say yours. Well, I'm going to steal Smith if you're not going to have him. I'm not Obviously, because he plays for Melbourne, but he was outstanding in all facets of the game. Um, even more impressive again. I know it was his 350th. It was down there, but you couldn't tick any more boxes. The drop inside for Hughes back against the grain. The amount of times you got out and probed. The amount of times he was at second receiver, chipping in as a half as well. Almost kicked the 40-20. Kicking game was outstanding. Defended his ass off with a torn peck in the middle of the field. Brilliant in game 350. He was. I'll, um, I'll go... T- I'm going to split it. I'm going to go uh, Mitchell Moses and Luke Brooks. I thought Luke Brooks was really good yesterday. And Mitchell Moses was really good on Friday. And this, they probably weren't the best players of the round. You know, when you look at Smith, but I look at how far Moses has come in the last eight weeks. I think he's come, well, he's made huge, huge progressions at Parramatta. His defence has improved. He, at the moment, he's outplaying Corey Norman, who 10 weeks ago I thought Queensland would have been mad to leave out of the origin side. Uh, and I just thought Luke Brooks, he copped a little bit of criticism about a month ago. He had a couple of really, really poor games, and I think his, his performance yesterday was, was outstanding. Yeah. I don't know what to take of the Titans game. But. Well, I want to give a special mention to the other guy because I thought you might have said Smith, CSCY Takiyahu. He oh, was, he was enormous in, the, in that game, wasn't he? He flipped things for him. And again, people going, oh, he's not been as good this year. Give yourself a triple. Well, he's been injured. You come off an ACL, I said the same thing. It usually takes you like six, eight weeks to kind of get your fitness back, feel confident about it, feel like you got that bump and that, that, just that extra bit of power in your stride. And it was clear to, for all to see the other night that it's back. Um, and he's going to make a real difference for them running into the finals. So, special mention him. But we'll review these games first before we do fan questions. Panthers, Dogs, first game of the round. 16-8, the Panthers won that one. To be honest, I thought they were both still pretty ordinary. Um, the Dogs are awful to watch, but Penrith, it's still very clunky. Uh, they led 8-0 early, but, you know, that try came off a deflection off a kick. I still think they're a bit too erratic inside the 20, and they took the penalty goal. But straight after that, when they look like they might try to take control of things... They let Reynolds just simply bounce off one foot, cut back on the inside shoulder of Regal, Campbell, Gillard, and I think it was Fisher-Harris didn't tie in. Eight uh, eight all at half time. Second half, you know, there was a bit of early ball there at the Wunga Blake. Outstanding play, nice ball over the top, and obviously scored in the corner off that. But, uh, yeah, for the rest of the game, you know, they got another try off May, shifting that pass, which was a nice ball in the last tackle. Montoya did a really good job coming up, blocking... Uh, them from passing the football, then getting back to block Hopalado, who just spilled it again for them to score. Mm. So there wasn't a lot in Penrith's attack that, again, really impressed me. And the Bulldogs... It was one of the worst inept. games I've seen all season. It was terrible. I was going to go. I'm glad I didn't. Yeah, uh, I don't blame you because... Uh, yeah. I, yeah, it was terrible. Um, Absolutely terrible. I would have rather watched reruns of MASH than watch that game. It was dog shit. It the, was so bad. The only thing that really impressed me was Edwards. And rightfully, I saw people saying James Tarmow should have got me in a match oh, over him. Dylan Edwards. Dead yeah, I couldn't... Earlier in the year, when Dylan Edwards filled in after all those gooses at Penrith went out after their curfew in Melbourne, killed it. Went really, really good. Had a great game. Got dropped. Yeah. I, I 
that was a line in this. So that was for me when alarm bells started ringing. What about Harry and Ira? Yeah, the it was the same thing. thing. There was three Just or four of them that went out. in that game. Off. I think Michael, uh, Daniel, oh, Michael Oldfield, Daniel Oldfield. Yeah, but you know the problem with the Harry and Michael Oldfield. Harry and Ira played like four weeks in a row. Daniel Oldfield, your mate, the referee. Oh, he's your mate. Yeah, your mate, mate. The Harrower and Ira one was even more alarming because he started four weeks in a row, scored a couple of times, killed it, and then he didn't even get left on the bench. I know. So they've done this. And then he's come in and just scored pretty much every week. Mitchell Rain killed it for five weeks. Peter Wallace comes back. He's kept Katoa. Fair enough because he probably plays more middle. But how about Mitchell Rain? Just there no, you go. Mitchell Rain should have gone back to the bench. Get no out of my Go mind. to cup. And it's like, wow. I don't get it. Pretty Tim rough. Brown had a run in that game. Yeah, he literally walked. <laughs> and even Warren Smith said, I don't know what he's doing there, no, Tim Brown. And I'm going to give some credit, credit to Aaron Woods here. It wasn't even a power walk. It was literally... Don't give any credit to Aaron. He scored against the Titans yesterday. Yeah, you would have been That happy. was my worst moment of the season. I thought game three, Origin was bad. Yeah. That yeah. was my remote, bounced off the carpet, into the TV unit, into the wall. Well, Batteries everywhere. I'm going to give a rap to a guy that I've given a rap to most weeks. Again, that's Regan Campbell-Gillard. He's the only one out of their forward pack I really like watching. He's, yeah. he's batshit crazy. Did you see uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard and Isaiah Yo and Matty Johns on Thursday night? It was ordinary. They've got zero personality, no, either of them. There was none. I think the coach... Like, what is going on? I think Hook's rubbing off on them. They're like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, good. You want to miss us? No, not really. Not do really. you want to play Origin? Well, I'll ask us. Oh, yeah, good. Cheers for that. Good oh, interview. Great. Talk. Give us something. You don't have to be a robot. You oh, can right. have a good time. You realise that. Yeah. Um, great football. That'll be the last time they both get invited on, I'd imagine. Yeah, on the dog side of things, they were terrible. Reynolds was their best attacking weapon. I honestly think their best player is Montoya. I but, think their best player is Josh Reynolds, and he's leaving. Yeah. I probably agree so, with that. But it's pretty sad when the guy, only guy breaking tackles or looking quite dangerous is running out of dummy half off the wing. Hmm. Montoya. Uh, I think he's a good player. He's in the wrong team. Good player. He's a good player. For he's the, a good player. For the Bulldogs team. And I don't like giving raps to wingers, but Marcella, you're doing a good job. You're a good player. And I'll give Clemmer a rap. He always has a dig. Oh, you love Clemmer. He has a dig, but let's be honest. It's a straight-up yeah. carry. No sidestep. No offload. I love yeah. the effort, but something, Clem. Get an offload. Something in there. Boom. Anything. But, yeah, Bulldogs, awful. Desi. How these board meetings keep happening and they don't fire him. They keep talking about payouts. You've got enough money. Just fire him. Honestly, move on. What are you waiting to rip the Band-Aid off for? Yeah. Uh, Cronulla, 26-12 over the Warriors. I think this one's pretty easy to sum up. That was clinical. They went there to do the job and they showed it in the way they played early on. Lots of one-outs, good yardage work. Townsend did all the kicking. New Brown did what his strength is. He ran the football. Um, I thought there was a lot of good effort plays and the simple difference in the end was that control and the composure from Townsend and Brown. Um, they got a lot of repeat sets. They pinned him down there. They constantly made the Warriors come from set starts. Mm. And that's the way to do it in the conditions they're in. Um, Brown's knockout with that knee was sickening just quietly. I saw the, the old bubble and froth from the mouth. He wasn't having a good time. Uh, and the one person I probably want to shoot down, and honestly, I think he's been quite disappointing. I know he had 10 weeks off. Seguiara, just hold the football. And every time I get on Instagram, bloody all I see is him out on the piss. Yeah, but... The week before when New Brown was on, things were going good. He came on, pushed the pass three or four times, made a couple of errors. My point is, I think that, that the off-field stuff's probably affecting his on-field stuff because I totally agree with you. Yeah. And every time I see it, I, I think, well, what are you celebrating? Because you're not playing well. But in that setup, when they've probably, they obviously spoke about it before the game. We're coming over here without Maloney. We're going to simplify things. It was a wet track. Yeah. They're, they're going to come after us. Let's just get the job done. And it just seems to be him every week that I watch making errors at the wrong times. The week before when New okay. Brown came back on, Things steadied straight away. Agreed. They did the job. Honestly, I think they're going to regret letting Brown go because I know people like Brayley, but I'm adamant Brown's a hooker. 
He's a good player. They used him as a six the year before that, but before he did his ACL, he was a gun for a couple of years in the 20s as a nine. I really think they've slipped up on that. And Bradley's brother's good too, but size-wise, you've seen him get picked on. He's got a broken jaw. His brother's in the same boat. New Brown's a big body. Mm. So, unfortunately, he's going to the hooker killer, Des Hasler, next year. So, he'll probably end up like Michael Leisha, career over. Probably. But uh, I honestly think that's one they might regret long-term. Mm. Uh, other than that, Gallon, typical self. He was outstanding. I thought Fecky, all those guys did a real good job. Warriors, uh, pretty sad when Cement's close to your best player. And I thought Madalino, after getting some match fitness back. Warriors suck. We'll move on. Yep. They're Man- bad. Mannering every week. No, Johnson was the end of their season if their season wasn't over already. It's yeah. Just terrible. But terrible, terrible, terrible. Mm. But terrible. No, just terrible. They're terrible. But yeah, Sharkies, another tough win. Good result for that was them. was a Charles Barkley, by the way. Uh, yeah. So, hey, terrible. Just terrible. <laughs> I just think the Lakers are absolutely terrible. Yep. Uh, this week, probably hard if Brown's out and Maloney, but I still think they've got enough at home to get the job done against the Raiders. Raiders can't be relied on, so see what happens there. But, wow. Uh, yeah, solid win by the Sharkies. Broncos, Eels, this is the one we were talking about before, 28-14. to 14. Honestly, if you're watching this game and anyone out there, after the first 10 minutes, you're like, this is going to be a slaughter. Yeah. They pulled them apart on both edges, good football movement. James Roberts sliced through twice easily. Gillette dropped him under with that nice ball. Uh, he made the clean break, where then Kahu, for some reason, decided instead of just scoring, someone's in a better position than me, I'll throw a one-handed grenade back behind two guys, almost blew it. You did. Good one, Kahu. There's a good reason your contract hasn't been renewed just yet. Um, I couldn't believe that. But at 12-zip, you're sitting there going, this could be anything. They could pull them apart tonight. Mm. Eels have turned up flat. From that point onwards, though, the Eels just steadied the ship. They got into a battle. I thought they did something that you haven't seen, which is just play smart football and not panic. They've got some dumb offloads and some errors in them. I didn't think they did that. I think they honestly won the territory battle. They offloaded and pushed the pass when it was there to be had to make extra metres. They attacked them. They kicked well and pinned them down their own end. And I felt like Brisbane, honestly, for the next 70 minutes, didn't try anything. Um, I know they were trapped in their, their end a lot of the time. And that was on Parramatta's good work. But I honestly felt like Hunt, Milford, no one put their hand up and tried to set anything up. It was just a lot of one-outs. Kick the ball. They were hoping for an error or a penalty to get an opportunity. And it didn't come. Agreed. And yeah, that's yeah, more I... what I was going to come to when you said about before Wayne Bennett. Wayne Bennett buys these guys, gives them the freedom. I just think they're... I don't think they know what they're doing. I honestly don't think they've got the balls to stand up and say, I want to take control of things. I didn't see Milford. Hunt was just happy to kick the ball away. Um, you know, McCulloch was off the field after about 50-something minutes. He can't do too much out of dummy half. And same deal with Boyd. Boyd can't do much if the two halves aren't taking control. And I honestly felt like Hunt and Milford were passengers in this game. I just thought Parramatta's forward pack just dominated the hell out of Brisbane. They sure Ran did. all over them. And, yeah, they got bullied, Brisbane, big time. Bully, bully, bullied, and uh, that's that's a, that's not a side that's going to win the competition. No, and I've said it already now, the irony and all. McCulloch out. Blair's that, dog it. shots. He's taken out probably, I think, the cement and the glue in the middle of that field. He's the one that holds the ruck together. Really good wrestler, really good defender. Kicks at the right times, runs at the right times, straightens him up. Um, that's a critical blow. Yeah, So like, after a great performance the week before and you're thinking maybe they're building to something, one week later, that's dagger in the heart. Mm. Uh, I'm with you, I thought. Moses really steady, had some good touches on that side. They made a mission to make sure they got at that left edge of Brisbane. They got Moger and Pearson two or three times on that edge. Yeah. They ran that nice Melbourne play, uh, the block play at the end there for Orvar to go in to seal the deal. And the French try at the end was just an effort play because mm. Brisbane had shut down. But honestly, full credit to them. If they take that attitude and that poise in all these other games and play it like a big game like they did the other night, they were really up for that. There's no reason why they can't blow through four at least of these last five games, bar the Brisbane one again. 
and possibly push for top four, yeah, which probably. would be massive. Um, yeah. St. George, Newcastle, wow, 21-14. Dragons, 99 ways to lose a game. I know there was a couple of decisions that went against them, but seriously, if you're losing to Newcastle with the amount of blown opportunities and piss-poor football they played, yeah. I'll put it to you this way. They can complain about, I thought Nene's one was a try. I thought Hodkinson dived. Um, there was a call where a ball got tapped back in. But did he touch? Did he grab him? Oh, he touched him a little bit on the shoulder. He didn't like, really pull but him. Why, why did he touch exactly. him? Exactly. It was done by Frizzell. It was a 90-meter one all the way back. I thought Dufty. I think it's, look, I think it's, I'm not saying it's the right call. No. Nah. But in the climate, you know what the climate is. I get that. You touch him. And that's, that was my Don't thought. blame him diving. Blame you touching him and grabbing him or whatever. So. Nene's his other break where he passed back inside to Dufty. I thought Dufty wasn't even pushing at 100% throttle and it ended up not paying off because he was a step or two short, caught the ball in the knees, knocked it on. Um, I don't know why after just killing them in the middle all day off the back of Arm Alvoni, these guys, they just wanted to go side to side. They completed at 60%. They made 15 errors for the game. Um, complain all you want. Pick out these no tries, these moments. There was one or two ref calls they whinged about. Newcastle have got plenty of bad calls this year as well. That's just the way the cookie crumbles sometimes. If you were a good side and a top eight side like you should be, you would have finished the job. And at 14-12 at halftime and Sims went in to score, I honestly thought they were going to come out and break their hearts again, but... Newcastle, full credit to him. I thought Trent Hodkinson was outstanding. He was under pressure all day. Frizzell hit him a million times. Kicked really well, controlled the game. Danny Levi absolutely destroyed the ruck. And it proves what will happen if he has a good forward pack because the Safidi twins were outstanding. Mm. Um, I was very, very impressed by them. But nine half-time well, leads, yeah, finally. I, I tend to agree with what Brown said in that there wasn't Newcastle's best performance in the last month. They played better and lost, but yeah. in the end they won. So that's all that matters. 100%. And... Um, yeah, St. George, they're rattled. Their season's a bit of a crossroads and interesting to see this week. We obviously, like I said, we tip without knowing what the sides are, but I saw Sims with a, a bit of a niggle. I saw Packer go off again. So if he's going to be out, that's going to hurt them. And Frizzell obviously wasn't happy that whole game physically. So there's a couple of guys there under some injury clouds and they don't have any depth. Mm. Uh, I think Blake Laurie went off as well. After playing Cup, backing up, he went off. So I don't know who they're going to pick on the bench next week. If a couple of these guys are out, they've only got Sele host, and they're probably going to have to call up Luciano Leilua, who hasn't played a game all year. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, they've let Tyron McCarthy, Mossy Masoy, a few guys go mid-year, so they're not in a great spot. Their 20s are killing it, but I couldn't pick a forward in there right now that I'm going, you're playing in NRL this week. Mm. So, tough one for the Dragons, but good on you, Newcastle. Outstanding to finally see him get a win. Canberra, 32-18 over South. Uh, I think the first sets for both of them summed up their season. Canberra dropped the kickoff. Mm. Jack White and scrambled for it, got caught in the end goal. Just a season of comical errors and just, you know, not being able to hold the football. And then for South, it was a bomb try. They set things up nice, rolled a kick through. Heimel Hunt didn't catch it, caught it between his legs, yeah. went over the dead ball and put it down. So well, yeah. I kind of found it, you know, funny that the first two sets of the game to me was like, yep, that's, Symbolic, yeah, that's your season and the standard of this game. Um, errors and discipline was the same thing for most of the game for South. And, just a lack of freedom in attack. And I'm sick of saying it, but Angus Crichton was their best player. Yeah. He was outstanding. Um, and Canberra sort of got it right. And sort of got it right is enough for them to beat most sides outside the eight, that's for sure. But problem is they haven't got, got it right a lot of the time at all in uh, 2017. Yeah. And uh, I thought for Canberra, I've joked to Pine, nice to see him back on an edge. I thought he was outstanding in that game. And I had a disagreement with someone out there. I was Lachlan Bickley, big Raiders fan. He said there's no way he can possibly play on the edge anymore. And uh, I agreed to disagree. Well, I'm just You're trying, trying to, to say, put Lockie in his place. No, nah, I'm just trying to say we agreed to disagree the other night, but I just don't understand why you don't think he can play on an edge. He got graded the whole way through his junior career. Look at you sitting on your soapbox. No, I just don't get, get it. Get into him. No, we had a thing. Get into him, Louis. 100, get in. 140 characters. Get in, get in, Louis. Yeah. 
Lachlan's a great listener, and I love Canberra as well, but I don't know. Like, send me a message on Facebook or something else. Not He's called him out on the pod. No, I'm not calling him out. I'm just saying. 140 characters is enough. Tell me why you don't feel he can play on an edge, because I'm... Well, because he doesn't get picked there. That's I'm probably con- the reason. confused. He got, so you just naturally think that because he hasn't played there, yeah, he can't... All his junior football, junior representatives, Newcastle, everything the whole way through, he's been yeah, a gun back. I agree with you. He's the ideal back. I agree with you. But yeah. I can understand how some fans would go, well, he can't pick him there because he hasn't played there for yeah, eight months. My thing I was saying to him, or my thing, he suits playing middle there now because they've got Papali and Whitehead, so he's not going to get to play on the edge. Yeah. He's big enough and mobile enough to play in the middle. He suits it, but... To say he can't play on the edge at all, I'm just trying to figure out why you you think he can't play on the edge at all. Well, he clearly can. He's played his whole career there, so uh, keep up the good work down there in Canberra, Lachlan. But yeah, Raiders, decent effort. Caesar, I uh, thought he was good again. I thought Leilua uh, had a better game without Rapana because he didn't have that man outside to throw the pill and he didn't really want to give it to Oldfield, to be honest. Mm. So he was a bit more secure, but um, yeah, I just don't see how they're going to win their last five games and find their way. Old in. shoulder charges of Rapana. Yeah, he's got a week off. Papali back next week as well. Big game against the Sharks. See what happens. But for South, I'd shut it down. Rest uh, Burgess and I'd rest Angus for the rest of the year if they've both got injuries. Too much money invested. Too much time. Roosters and North Queensland, twenty-two sixteen. This was my favourite game of the weekend. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was a tale of two halves in a good way. I thought the Cowboys, the first half, came out rattled them. Uh, put in a pretty good performance, had the Roosters on the back foot. Yeah, there was a bit of debate over the Hess try, but we know how that works now. If it gets sent up a try or a no try, there's insufficient evidence, it's going to stick that way. Yep. So obviously, Again, you know the climate. I do know the climate. Um, I no, thought, I mean the players and the coaches know the climate. Like that's that It is what it is. Don't bitch and moan about what's been for the entire season. So Yeah. Uh, I just thought first half, yeah, they kind of propped them up a little bit and caught them on the back foot. The Roosters, though, second half, Things were turned around when Tokyo just went apeshit. Mm. He went Tamalolo on Tamalolo, but I think the difference on the flip side, I thought Tama had a massive game, but he's always taking that first carry now. He's not as effective without Scott or other guys laying a platform for him to be destructive off the back of. And Napa and Jared Warrior just tried to murder him all night. Mm. They were sweating on him all game, but Tokyo's second half was brilliant. Kiri had a few nice moments to drag him back in. He set one up, he scored one. Pierce ran a real nice decoy for him uh, to be able to score one of those tries and yeah, I just really enjoyed this game of football. And if you would have told me that with Radley and Watson coming in, losing Gordon, losing Cordner, losing Friend, that they would be winning these last two games in the way that they have, I probably wouldn't have thought so. But I think Watson's been pretty effective at the back. And Radley supposedly played most of that game with a broken hand. It's yet to be confirmed. Ah, uh, sprained thumb. All right. Well, they thought he might have busted his hand. But second game in, this is a kid that was playing lock last year in the grand final. I'm sure he's played some nine, but they see him more as a utility back row. He looked pretty good at nine. He's done a good job, his two mm. games at nine. And for anyone that's worried about Watson leaving next year, I think he's a better utility to have because he's not like an outside back half utility. He can play nine, middle, back row. Uh, There's been, nothing wrong with him. He's been very impressive nothing in his first two him. games. So thumbs up to them. Um, and he's got a brother that runs on. Oh, what nine. about him? That was brilliant. Great. He got out there, tried to give his brother a hug, and the seconds come after him. Good. You know, the best thing didn't. And he hurt all the fence. He didn't spill much of his beer. That's no. that's positive. You pay $8, you don't want to spill a lot of that. You don't. So good on Radley's brother. But um, yeah, I thought North Queensland were just pinned in the second half. They couldn't get out of their own end. They were gassed and very valiant considering the players they've got out. But yeah. Big win for the Roosters to keep them in the hunt after Melbourne, and the Sharks won again. So that battle's still on for top two positions in a home final. Melbourne, 40 to 6. I don't think you can say too much. It was just all storm to me. I know Manly scored that try, but I honestly felt like Melbourne blew a couple inside 20, gave away a couple yeah. of penalties, um, and, yeah, that was just For a bad... For 60, it was competitive. 
I thought it was a bad read, though. I thought that Suli was up, Chambers were up, they were just sitting there. That ball from Trebojevic was a cracker, but there was no one in that wing. Mm. But other than that, they didn't have many opportunities. I thought Melbourne ran right, left, no. right, middle of the field, Smith probed all day, Cooper Cronk, Munster, the amount of tackle breaks and offloads, they were just draining them. First half, 25 missed tackles to three. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I thought the one on half time at least summed up their good work in the first half of Melbourne. I thought they should have had a few more, but... Second half, they came out and obviously kicked on with the job. And Smith in his 350th. Any milestone games usually don't end well for players. I can't remember if it was Cronk or Smith's 300th that was more recently, but it was against Penrith and it was a 50-something full bloodbath. But they're not a team you want to play on a milestone day in Melbourne. No, it don't. never ends well for anybody. Um, and yeah, probably sum this up, their frustration with the errors and poor discipline was one you said. Don't give away penalties with the football and Matt Wright's one. Well, it's a golden rule. Is uh, probably one that summed out their whole day and 90 points they've conceded in two weeks. Bit of a rough trot at the moment for the Manly Seagulls. They definitely need to turn things around, that's for sure. And they, they ran plenty of traffic at poor old Blake Green too. They did, yeah. They know plenty about him, so good effort by Melbourne. And uh, yeah, what else do you say? Not much. We spoke about it earlier. So They're right up yeah. there for the premiership. Manly, I think, were competitive for 60, but it was boys versus men for that last 20. Yep. Tigers, Gold Coast, this one here, was it 26-4 or 28 oh, who cares? I think this can be summed up. I thought the first half was awful. It was terrible. It the was first... as bad as the Bulldogs-Panthers uh, game, the first half. When that soft try to Masters just went through the hands, I thought, all right, this might be a point-scoring day. And mm. then it was just a comical of errors for the rest of the half. Tui Lola here chipped in with a few comical ones again. Anthony Don's hands left him. Uh, as the season's kind of gone down the girdler for the Titans. It, it was a pretty poor half of football, to be honest. And again, the only guy that really impressed me or looked dangerous was Tedesco. Second oh, he half, was, yeah. his try that he got off that kick, did he mean to kick it? Well, he did play it with his foot. but No, he meant to kick it. You know, he got that one and he set up another one. He was he was dangerous all day. And what, do you, what else do you say? I, every time we talk about the Tigers, I basically just want to talk about Tedesco. And I know they've got a lot of players coming. My God, I wish they would have kept him with Cleary there. Yep. Because the Roosters... How about Woods coming out? Oh, I would have stayed if Cleary was coming if out. I would have got to well, know you, know, you knew that they were going to get Cleary. It was yeah. a matter of if, not he, when. He was saying oh, when, not after if. getting to know Cleary, though, and things oh, after this period. Yeah, right. If I'm the Bulldogs, I'm saying, you, oh, you can happily back out. Yeah. I'll let you go. That's fine. But I tell you what, the Tigers wouldn't be paying him what he's after. Yeah, old power walker. So I think he should just be happy with the contract he's locked in. Because if he went back on the market now after his origin effort, there's no way that anyone's paying him the coin he got from the Bulldogs. No way. But, um, yeah, I think... Tigers are a bit of upset value, I think, for the rest of this year for any side to take them like I agree. They're playing much better football under Cleary. He's fixed up some uh, key pieces of their attack. And on the Titans, they just laid an egg. It's game over. They were dog shit. They're ready for that. And they got no excuses. Uh, Henry came out and made some excuses for him last week, which I thought was poor form. And I think some of that might have flowed into this game, thinking that it might have just happened for them. And they were awful. The effort was awful. It was members' day as well at the Gold Coast. What a, what a great day to, you know, really pay respect to your members. Like myself, a paying member. I'm not sure what I pay for great based times. on what I saw yesterday. And, you know, Ryan James was in the Courier Mail during the week, quoted as saying the Titans will win a competition in the next few years. Like, are you serious? Mm. Are you serious, Ryan James? Have you, have you watched video of the way that you're playing at the moment? Yeah. They've been pretty ordinary. Playing like an absolute busted. And the side's going like an absolute busted. So, Payne was pretty ordinary again. Oh, how many balls do you need to throw over the sideline to work out holding the fucking ball? <laughs> like, uh, and they just they had no forward punch at all. I, I don't know. I, it was a bad look, day. Neil Henry's got to be under some, some pressure. I, look, I get that they've had injuries all year. 
He'll get another year. But I understand he, that, but he's on Maguire. Some serious. I, I wouldn't sack him, but some real serious questions need to be asked because that was horrendous yesterday, and just the bigger picture of the club altogether. What what's your culture? What do you stand for? There's no passion in the jersey. It's it's fucking sad to watch. It's hard to watch. Yeah, it's hard to support them. But I'll continue to support them. But it's tough. Yeah, well, that's all you can do sometimes. But moving on from the game reviews, set of six, done, power rankings done, lock it and leave it. We're now on to the fan questions, and we'll start on Twitter. Di Henwood, one of our faves from over in New oh, Zealand. Oh, is that Di, bro? Oh, New Zealand. Love says him. He completely agrees about the structure that Cleary and Ackland created. I was having a chat to him the weekend, but he had a question in here. About culture. More about the culture. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to find Well, I it. think, yeah. Well, what does culture mean to a team or a football club? I think you're yeah, right. Yeah, and basically how do you change it? Somewhere yeah. around those lines. Well, culture is results, really, isn't it? Like... I mean, for every team that has good culture... Oh, here it is. Yeah. What is what is culture in a footy club? How do you create it and how would you overhaul a bad culture? I.e. Well, the Warriors, yeah. Like, for, for me, like, I'm no expert on it, but culture means exactly what the word means in life, different cultures, but in a workplace, everywhere. It's the ideas, the customs, the values, the behaviours that are carried on within those four walls. And you look at a place like Melbourne and the things that, you know, the way they behave, this training standard... Everyone's accountable, the leadership, um, you know, the values of the place, hard work, no one's bigger than anyone else, you always chip in, they're basically a family. Mm-hmm. All those bits and pieces, the ideas, the way they get their football across, I think all that starts mm-hmm. at the top and it has to run the whole way through the joint. And obviously for since day dot, they've obviously got it right. And yeah. especially now with Craig Bellamy, Frank Panisi, the guys that have bought the club, Bart Campbell and that, have come in, taken care of the business side, haven't interrupted with the football. But number one is the figurehead of the group, which is Craig Bell. Yeah, look, I, I would recommend you go and buy Legacy, which is a book about the All Blacks. Well, I which bet, talks, he's, bet he's read it. Well, I, don't, yeah. I don't know. Uh, if you haven't read it, go and buy it. Uh, look, culture, for me, it's results. Everyone's got culture. Everyone's got good culture in the NRL on paper. I've got no doubt that everyone's got, you know, we're going we're gonna to be this, we're going to do this, we're about this. But culture has actually been able to do it as a habit every day. And it's not so much about what you're doing when people are looking at you. It's more what you're doing when people aren't looking at you. Like, for me, as a coach, you know, you, you know that most of the time if, if players respect you that they're doing the right things while you're around them. The biggest thing as a coach to know that you're doing the right thing and you're having an influence over your players is to hear through other people that players are doing the right thing in situations where it would be very easy to not do the right thing. Um, so, you know, if in a training situation, that would be cutting corners. You know, if we're, if they're down the other corner of the oval and they're cutting a cone, no one's going to see it. Um, but are they doing the right thing? I think, to me, it can be as simplistic as that. Um, but on a, on a bigger scale, I think it comes back to results, but it also comes back to how players interact, dynamics, the history of your club. I think you look at what the Panthers have done with their culture. They've tried to overhaul it, pay respect to the past. Uh, I know Trent Robinson's done a lot of that at the Roosters. Melbourne, they only have a really short history in the competition, but it's a very successful history within within the competition. And I, I look at Melbourne and I think... Your strength is not one individual. Your strength is your the group. the group. And I think in rugby league, that's the most important factor that you can have on your side if you're looking to build a good culture. You, you get good people in. And I've got a rule that, well, it's not my rule, but my philosophy is the majority rules. Like if, you, if you've got majority dickheads, 
the group's going to act like dickheads, whether this is in a classroom or a team or wherever it is. But if you've got good people that are doing the right things, they're going to have a positive influence over that one or two, the minority that aren't doing the right thing, and vice versa on the flip side. It's a very, very complex question to answer. Um, but I think it's interesting. And, and for anyone out there who hasn't read Legacy, it's a story about the All Blacks. It goes through you know, their history as a team and takes you through to the current day and some of the philosophies and different influences the coaches have had over the years and uh, parts of the Maori culture that have been implemented to, uh, to progress the, the All Black culture. And s- the philosophy is that when you get an All Black jersey... You cherish it, you love it, it's a big thing, but your job as an all-black is to leave that jersey in a better position than when you got it. That's basically the all-black culture. And, look, I think a lot of teams... And you look at New South Wales, do you think our players think about what they're doing, the impact they're having on the culture of the jersey? I probably don't think so. No, but again... I don't think Queensland's culture is as strong as the All-Blacks. I think it's the best rugby league culture that we've ever seen. Yeah. I think Mel Meninga's building a really, really good culture with the Kangaroos. I think they'd be second to the current Queensland side. But the culture within that Maroons unit at the moment from a rugby league, standalone rugby league, unbelievable. And if you're going to look uh, at rugby union or sport from a broader sense, you'd definitely look at uh, the All-Blacks... In America, the Patriots, yeah. unbelievable well, again, culture. Come back to the NRL. If you're going to look at the two most successful kind of clubs since I've been alive, if again premierships probably count that, but just general results every year for me, it's been Brisbane and the Storm. And yeah. there's reasons for that. Again, strong leader, good principles, good culture, good values. Like Craig Bellamy's book sums up everything about the man and why the group is that way. Yeah. Plus, he's got a strong leadership group. The core, everyone's accountable. No one's bigger than the team. They celebrate their milestones. They respect the past. He expects them to treat their teammates, himself, family, everyone, as you'd expect to be treated. Playing yep. staff, anyone they interact with, anyone in the club, they give their time. All the stuff you and said, you look at cutting corners, are, training standard. Like. Poisonous environments are caused by selfish people or exactly. people who don't take responsibility it. for things that they've done, whether rightly or wrongly. Well, you look, know? look at Bromwich. He fucked up, let's be honest. But, but he, owned it. he owned it straight away. He knows he's not going to the World Cup. And have Cup. you heard anything else about it? No, nothing. No. Because he handled it the right way. My my only question, and we're getting a little bit deep here, is that it'd be very easy for someone like Newcastle to have. I, I don't. I think Newcastle have got a good culture at the moment. Don't know why. Because, but it just proves that culture doesn't always equal success. I think we often look at a team. Team wins the comp. We go, why? Look at their culture. Okay, so and everyone sort of tries to cut and copy that culture. I think it's very important to try and have your own identity, and we say this about the way that teams play. It's very important to have your own identity in terms of the players you've got and work out an attacking and defensive structure around that. But it's also important to understand the demographic that you represent. You know, the people of Newcastle are very, very different to the people of Melbourne. Yeah. People in Brisbane are very, very different to the people here at Penrith, you know. like So you've got to formulate a culture and, and sort of a an ethos that's based around the demographic and the people that you represent. And Queensland and people from Queensland and people from New South Wales, totally different. Mm. So it's it's a really interesting probably the best I reckon the best question we've ever had or the deepest question we've ever had. Well, we could go um, on for days from honestly. from a fan question point of view. And mate, how do how do you fix it? Well, it's building good habits. You've got to build good habits. Well, and you've got to have good people around you that you trust. We spoke about this before though. I think again, you've got to get the right person in to start and it. And the leadership. And they right. need full control. And the only person yeah. who's had that and been able to put all those things in place when he was there was Ivan Cleary, mm. which is why we spoke about it a couple of days ago. 
with Dyer. And Daniel Anderson. I couldn't believe they didn't let uh, throw the kitchen sink to bring you back. He mm. fixed the junior piles. Ackland was a tough guy laying the platform in the 20s. About I'd get Daniel what Anderson you, back there in a heartbeat. Well, Ackland was perfect for the 20s, though. He yeah. kept them on the straight and narrow. This is what you do. This is how you play. Even when they had a massive side and they did four scoots, it looked boring, but he understood the side It was effective. They stuck to what they were told to do, and I think the disciplinarian figure at that level for the Kiwi boys in particular yeah. is a good thing moving into grade. And then Ivan seems to have, to me, the perfect temperament to deal with some of the Polynesian blokes. He doesn't yeah. cuss or yell or get really, really aggressive. He gets his point across. I think he probably would go across really well with that group. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And he likes to play attacking football. But at the mm-hmm. same time, strong leader. Put lots of good pathways in, had the right people around the club. So yeah. now, I'm not saying Kearney can't do that. I bet he's a strong leader too. But I don't know if the support staff's around him or there's too many people in that group that have had that kind of touch of the past, that everything's just, you know, oh, Sean's out, that's too easy, or, you know, this game's getting tough, it's too easy. I think he needs at least another season to try and bring in some players or make his effect on that group. But And also to the point, there is a cultural problem there at the Warriors. Oh, 100%. Time. But yeah. uh, right, moving on, Dave question. race for the bottom four in the eight. Most of those places up for grabs. Dragons likely to miss out. Cowboys are darky as well. Well, I went over this scenario before. I disagree that the four places are up. 12 and 12 record generally gets you in. Eels, Cowboys, Broncos, to me, are all in. Broncos, Cowboys have to play each other, so one of them's definitely going to get locked in. Canberra's not getting close because they basically need everything to go their way. It's between Penrith and the Dragons, and it's, I think it's going to take a miracle for Manly to miss, to be honest. Mm. That's just my opinion. Uh, what else have we got here? The Sportress, thoughts of the Raiders' continued use of Baptiste at 9, Hodgson at 13. Dumb. Dumb, dumb, dumb. If you think he's one of the best nines in the comp, play him at 9. Why would you move him to 13? And just don't play Baptiste... At all. I get, yeah, well, I, I don't mind him off the bench, but I get the, the other night. The, where are you going to play him if not at nine? All that says the other night is what I said at the start of the year. They lost depth. They don't trust the guys they're bringing up, like Priest, Sorensen, Royce Hunt, because clearly they don't. They're not using them. So instead, he's gone, well, instead of bringing one of those guys in, I'll play Topine on that edge. I'll play him at lock, put Baptiste at nine, because I reckon Baptiste is a good player, but you don't switch him for that. Um, I just thought he made that move the other night in that game in particular because I'm missing a couple of blokes and he yeah. doesn't trust the guys he's gotten cut. And that's what happens when you give people contracts and shuffle things. Mm. It hurt them this year, letting Vaughny, JK and a couple other blokes go. So, yeah, yeah, they, they don't trust their depth. But realistically... But he's, he's he's the best nine they've got. Play, he can play 80. Yeah, he You're playing just, for 80. Just playing for 80. But, yeah, I, I'd still be happy to carry Baptiste and leave him on because clearly, like I said, he doesn't trust Sorensen and the few guys he's gotten cut. Yeah. So... That's the only reason I could justify him doing what he's doing. Uh, Adam Bain, thoughts on Kronk, what he should do next year. Reminds me a little Stuart and Clyde at the Dogs in 99. Bad move, think he should retire. Mate, I honestly don't think he's going to Cronulla. I know they're talking about that move happening. I reckon if he wins the comp, we win the World Cup, he retires. I really do. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I, I'd imagine I, it's going to be very, very close to decision time, but... Well, I still stick by what I said. The longer this drags out, I just don't see it happening. Mm. I think he's retiring. I really do. Yeah, you know, that's as simple as I can be about it. Will Sinclair, the form of the Tigers and the Cleary effect on the team. He's well, had a massive effect. And we he touched always, on it. He's always bit. going to. 
number one things we just talked about, culture. He's came in, he's stabilised the joint. When have you heard anything about the Tigers this year since Cleary's been in after the first few yeah, weeks? Yeah, you haven't. You've heard zilch. The Mitchell Moses decision is something I want to justify on a couple of other well, people. Well, he nipped that in the bud fairly yeah, quickly, You know, too. the main reason I've got to get this across to people in their heads because they just don't think about it. Everyone's going, oh, what a dumb move. He's playing good at power. Completely different box of frogs because he's came in, looked at it, and the reason he pulled that contract is because I reckon what I said. He was basically turned into Farrah 2.0. He was the vocal one leading it. I deserve this. I deserve that. He was at the forefront of all the talk. And he's probably came in there and gone, well, I'm going to pull that deal because as good a player you are, you're going to infect anyone else while you're here. So I think that's the reason he pulled that deal. Goes to Parramatta, basically what I said to start with. Different box yeah. of fish, you know, different box of frogs altogether. Established team, dominant half in Corey Norman. Head figure who's a hard ass in Brad Arthur. He was not going to walk into that team and behave the way he was at Tigers. No, he has so the Tigers over a barrel. Whether you think Moses is better than Brooks or not, that was, again, for that key word we just used for culture and the status of that group that he thought, you're too far gone for me to rein you back in. You're out. Brooks is the quiet one through this whole period. And they got Brooks on a different thing. He's a seven. He can do the job. Um, I think that was number one. He got rid of those kind of blokes that were speaking out. Yeah. Moses, uh, sorry, Woods, Tedesco, they're both heading out the door. No worries there. He brought defensive accountability, which is something that Jason Taylor preached for a couple of years but couldn't get the job done with, unfortunately. And I think he's one of the best attacking coaches in the comp, which I think is evident because he, besides Newcastle, I think they're the second, definitely the second worst side. Mm. And they don't have the talent, but I reckon they're playing above the standard they should be with the crop they've got because of his coaching. Yeah, I agree. Um, and he's going to help fix up the junior pass. That's why I kept banging on that they had to sign him. He was the only yeah. realistic choice. Look what he done at the Warriors and look at the success in the NYC. Look at the Penrith last couple of years. To me, the Bulldogs should be ruining that they didn't sign oh. him and punt Dez when they were going to because it looks as though it's a foregone conclusion and that that's where it's headed. Their they junior, should have got Cleary. Their junior path dried up as well. So on the flip side of that, the two clubs Ivan has been to have been the most successful in that period of time in the NYC. Yeah. It's proving a point to getting players to first grade as well as doing a good job at first grade. Yeah. We'll see. Oh, sorry. Just even on Will. Good question. Uh, Simon Fraser, how come Cronk doesn't get mentioned with the likes of Smith, Thurston, etc.? He's won two Dalliums, Clive Churchill. He's borderline talented. Well, he's a gun. Well, I just think he's not in that echelon. He's in the he's in the tier nah. below. And, I and think, you know, does yeah. that, he's still in the clouds. Yeah. He's still in the absolute clouds. He's, he's one of the best. Phenomenal. He's a Hall of Fame player. He's one of the best of all time. Is he one of the all-time greats, immortals? No. Probably not, no. And the reason I say this, and again, I don't feel more qualified because I'm a Melbourne fan, but I think he's basically admitted himself. He wouldn't have played as many games, been the player he would have been if he wasn't at Melbourne. And I've said it before. He's a constructed halfback. Has he learnt and got better along the way? 100%. But he's not a natural instinct player. Like, you don't see him just sweep to a short side or pick something out and run and play it. But if there's anyone you want running your team, running your game plan, doing a job for you, it's Cooper Cronk. Is he one of the smartest, most disciplined players ever? I think he might 100%. be. He's probably, he probably is the most well, smartest, most intelligent, disciplined player ever. Fit. Great preparation, game planning, execution, yeah. outstanding kicking game, good running, developed his pass, uh, long, short, and all those kind of things over time. But it, it's been in a crew of skill over time. He's built that skill set. The longer he's gone on, he's been a fantastic player. But I just think you can't teach the kind of things that Smith, Thurston, and they have done. They've all done the hard work, but they're exceptional talents as well. And yeah. I'm not taking anything away from Cooper, but he was a constructed halfback who's made a hell of a career. But... Without Smith Slater and the Storm system, I've said it before, and it's no no plight on him. He's basically said it himself. He knows he wouldn't have played that many games anywhere else or been the player he would have been. Yeah. So that's the reason why I think we don't see him mentioned in the same vein. Um, but he's outstanding footballer, Simon, no doubt about that. 
Uh, Gav, he says, your opinion of Victor Radley so far, if Robinson wants a utility on the bench, Radley or Connor Watson? I love Radley. Well, Watson's going to be leaving, but for next year, that's basically their plan. They've already re-signed him for two years prior to him making his debut, so they would have locked him in at a good rate, mind you. No one can come after him now, and he's not a nine. He's been playing 13, other positions come to the grade. So the fact you've got a back rower slash 13 come in at 20 years old and play nine for you in two games, and he's been fantastic means you've got a perfect bloke for your bench, as you mentioned, in next year. So uh, my answer would be Radley because he's the one who's going to be there beyond 12 months. Yeah. And Watson's doing a fantastic job at fullback, don't get me wrong, but he's going to Newcastle to play six. He's not been playing fullback with Ponga there. You wouldn't think so, no. NRL Profits, he says, Barrett to the Bulldogs rumour. No, I haven't heard that one. I saw it the other day, but I don't think much of it. I think that Manly may have gone a little bit colder on rushing the deal with Barrett. I think he'll get a new deal, but... I don't think they're going to go crazy and give him three or four years, maybe a two-year extension. The, the Bulldogs want a Bulldog. There's one thing about this board, which is why I don't think it'll happen. They bang on all the time that they need someone who understands the culture, which is why I think Dean Pay is sitting there ready and waiting. And I've heard for fact that Canberra's basically green-lighted it and said, if you do get that, we're not going to hold you back. Yeah. Or we're not going which to stand your way. Too, yeah. If it comes through, you let us know. We'll let you go at the drop of that. Yeah. So I, I, I'd be very surprised if it happens. What do we got here? Curtis, that's got nothing to do with questions. He's talking about the tipping. Uh, what do we got here? David Spadaro, prop and locker generally talked about as middle forwards, but what are the technical differences between the two? Uh, well, the lock, well, the lock, technically, in terms of offense, defense, nothing. Uh, in terms of their conditioning, fitness, the, yeah. the lock, lock needs to uh, obviously have more minutes in him. I think... Uh, I, if I was coaching a lock and a front rower, I want my front rowers. I want my front rowers to be able to pass the ball. I want my front rowers to be able to offload, and I'd like my um, that'd be a short pass for your front rowers. I'd like my lock to be able to throw a nice spiral pass both sides. Well, I was going to say, I, I think your main but difference. That's the way I coach. Your forwards, I think now bigger boys, more built for power, short explosive burst. You get lucky enough every so often that you get a Vaughn, a tap out, something that could play 60, 55 minutes. Yeah. Your lock, probably less impact as far as power is concerned, but big enough to be able to take the hits in the middle. Have to be sound defensively, really, really high efficiency in their tackle rate. They can't be missing tackles. Yeah, that's a good point. They're also your link man. I think your third link man. Dallas Johnson and Melbourne, to me, kind of started it. He was a spade of a player as far as doing all the dirty work, but you go back and watch those dominant periods, Dallas Johnson was always the third link man if you needed a pass. Yeah. Dale Finucane does the job now. And then you get your rare guy come along like a DeBellin who's close enough to being a six in a bigger guy's body. But I think that's the main difference. Probably a little bit less in size, more fitness, high tackle efficiency, and generally they've either got better footwork, more, you know, just something like that has to be an extra string to their bow, really. Yeah. Um, but they have to be a third link man because sometimes they're needed in backline movements. But I think that about sums it up. Yeah, it does. Uh, Edge Matthews, moving on, other questions here. He says, with send-offs now seeming to be dead, to take uh, the heat off the referees, why can't they sit the penalised player off, leaving both teams with only 16 and also costing the offenders team with an interchange, e.g. Soliola case. Canberra plays Soliola, costing the Raiders interchange and could only return if Slater does for Melbourne. Thoughts? So player goes on, still got 13, but you're getting the guy off who's offended. Yeah. I, I still like the 18th man idea, but I also think a player welfare, and again, we preach on the weekend, the Dragons are that short right now that to get an extra player for their bench on the weekend. Blake Laurie played a bit of New South Wales Cup, came off for half-time, waited, played for them in first grade, got injured. Yeah. I heard what... I think there needs um, to be a designated... People are sort of saying that if I hit you and you're you're out, I'm off for as long as you're out for. I heard Kenny bring up an interesting side of the argument that I hadn't thought of in that 
they could tactically then say, well, stay down because so-and-so's hit you. Yeah, get him off. I think that'd be on the rare occasion. I think for 95% of the time, it'd just be that you've hit someone late and then and it is what it is now. I think tactically, it'd only come into play if it was a Thurston or a Cronk or a Smith. But how often do you see Thurston, Cronk, Smith, these high-end players make bad tackles or do anything to put themselves in a position to be taken off the field? I... I, I, that's to me. That's the best fix. The fix is is that like Soliola, right? You knocked him out. You're on report. You're off for as long as Slater's off for, and that, therefore it was for the rest of the game. Yeah, he doesn't play again. Yeah, no. to me that's the best way to fix it. Um, but they're still troubleshooting all the different scenarios, and yeah, it's the old you know bubble in the carpet. I know that they use that on 360 all the time, but it's so true in that yeah. you put your foot on it, pops a problem pops up somewhere problem else. Problem pops up somewhere else. Mate, so. Simpson's reference for everyone when Homer's the, the in charge of waste disposal and he starts doing the tip in the golf course. Yeah, um, that's step right. on it and yeah. blows out the, exactly. the tea hole. There's only you, so you know, many. you think you've solved one and then it just creates another problem in your solution. So Yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely a hard one. We're always going to be chasing our tails. Yeah. Andrew Wales, how's the Storm celebrating their 2007 GF win that they cheated to get? No problem them, oh. doing, no problem them doing it privately, but wow, it looked like a real up yours to the NRL. And so it should be. Well, again, I, I had this theory. I didn't have an argument. The other day, that Neil Breen, he's an AFL bloke on the Sunday thing, and he was going on about the players. This he's got that. the whiny voice. Mate, they don't know. He's going, oh, what about to celebrate? Like, the players did the preseason. They did the work. Their managers do the contracts. And I've seen the bullshit where some go, oh, one or two of them managed them themselves. They knew about the but They don't get walk in a room. And they go, he's got a boat. He's got a car. He's on 800 grand. I had a manager. Manager does the talking. If they do some shady business behind the doors of them and you sign a contract that has two front pages, do you think your manager's going to come to you and tell you that? I highly doubt it. I think some of them knew, but I, I don't man- think all of them knew. Of the I don't think the coach knew. The, the managers are most to blame. And Brian Waldron, who's no longer at the club. who all, all the proofs in the pudding of the paper trail which was left. Brian Waldron and bloody Peter O'Sullivan basically stitched up the accountant bloke that was doing everything, kept it all on the DL and were running things off the books on their own. Go and read the book. Yeah, Storm Cloud. Storm Cloud, yeah. Uh, who, Andrew Kennedy or Paul Kennedy? Paul Kennedy. Paul Kennedy, Storm Cloud, explains just about everything. If you look at it from the outside in, it was basically, unbeknownst to the players, the coach, recruitment manager Peter O'Sullivan and Brian Waldron went rogue and stapled this poor bloke to the wall that was basically running the books and then he left the paper trail, bailed out and went back to AFL. And then they got nailed to the wall. Brian Waldron was nowhere to be found. Surprise, surprise, Peter O'Sullivan signed a contract to move on to the Roosters and disappeared before the shit at the fan. And then he got sacked from the Roosters. That's right. And now so. he's deregistered. So if you want to talk about the two guys that don't have jobs at the moment, yeah, they were the ones basically behind the scenes. My main thing is, as a player, though, and say so that all of them, uh, I was lucky enough. As a player? Not uh, jerking the gurk here, but in 2010, one of the best moments of my life, Melbourne played Canberra when I was down in Canberra for 20s. Because they were ruled out for that year, they started going out. They weren't getting blind, but they were allowed to go out yeah, after yeah, games. Yeah, they were. I got lucky enough to meet all the blokes I love, Smith, Cronk, but gee, I was there. One of the first questions I asked him was, like, you know, how would you have felt if they tried to take the rings off and get it? And him, Jeremy Smith, all those blokes basically saying, then good luck getting the grand final ring back off me. Yeah. We won the comp. Like, whether all that stuff happened, then again, ask any player that would have played in there. You do the preseason, you do the hard work, you go through the grind, you do all that stuff, and they won the game. In the end, it was a game. It's played and. Tell the players they didn't win the comp. Yeah, the club got punished. That's one thing I don't get. They got punished worse than anyone else had been punished. And I heard that dickhead, that's my main problem, I knew a brain the other day, 
Bulldogs got the same thing. No, they didn't. They didn't have to play the next year with a shortened cap. They were allowed to readjust contracts, which they all did, to take yeah. pay cuts, win the comp the next year, and then they bailed out. Yeah. Melbourne weren't given that, and I'm not making excuses for it. They cheated for a couple of years, and they should have uh, shouldn't have been in that situation. But don't dare sit there and say they didn't get smashed. They, uh, what's his bloody name? They got hammered. David Gallup hammered him and hammered them, and rightfully so. Yeah. But the, uh, I don't care, honestly. When I saw it the other day, good on the players. They've got grand final rings. I want one. Give me one. Well, they won the grand final. I'll take a grand final ring. If Dylan Walker wants to throw another one into the harbour or was that Appy Corrissi, I'll go swimming for one. Give me a JF ring. Good times. Excellent. Uh, who we got here? Daryl Parker. What other NRL podcast do you guys listen to if you have time? Uh, no, not none really. I don't really listen to a lot else, basically, for what you said. I listen to Joe Rogan and Bill Simmons and podcasts like that. So. Yeah. Because I think we, we talk enough footy to not have to listen. And that's not because we don't like or respect everyone else. Every, everyone that's uh, out there doing a podcast is putting in time like we are and they're probably not getting paid a lot of money. Like, well, we're not getting paid at all. So anyone that's doing their thing, trying to make rugby league better and doing the podcast, good on them. 100%. So, and like I said, there's a couple out there, Full 80, 12, Bits and Pieces. Everyone's doing their podcast, good on them. And anyone that does blogs and bits and pieces clearly love the game. So Yeah. But more what Brock said, coaching it, being around it, watching it, talking about it. It's enough. I'm the same. I like Joe Rogan. He gets comedian sports people on. He's just a spaced out. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't listen to all of Joe Rogan's, but yeah. if I find... I actually... I'm listening to the Ford at the moment, uh, which is Lance Armstrong. So he's oh. sort of... He's a little bit similar. He's a bit similar to Joe Rogan. He gets a lot of dudes on. Um, and I actually went to the Opera House on Saturday night and uh, this podcast called S-Town, which is about a... Uh, it's a seven-chapter podcast about a, a reporter from New York who gets a weird email from this bloke from Alabama about a murder in a small town that was apparently unresolved. So this dude from New York goes down there, um, basically goes to investigate the murder. The dude that actually sent in the email, weird dude, big property, built his own maze, um, is bisexual. He's just it's it's the craziest podcast. Right. You'll ever listen to, like you've honestly, already, you've already lost me to be honest. Honestly, I I, list, I started listening to it. A, a mate at school suggested it to me. I thought you're crazy. I started listening to it. I couldn't stop. I've, I've now listened to it the second time before I went on Saturday night. Uh, yeah, I, and I loved it. So I, I listen to sort of stuff that's not related to footy. Yeah, well, I, if I listen to footy, if I get time, it depends what's happened on the weekend. I might listen to Triple M Sunday only because of Paul Kent. I enjoy Paul Kent, but. Yeah. Other than that, not a lot of footy. Colin Cowherd, NFL stuff. Bill Simmons, again, American sport. And Joe Rogan, I find really, really funny. So, I, same deal with Brock. I listened to one the other day. We had Jamie Foxx on to hear some of the stories about some of the people he's interacted with yeah. before he was famous. And, yeah, uh, just so much footy, like I said, in our lives. It's just probably something you don't want to listen to as well as talk about Yeah, you want to tune out. And coach then... it, watch it every single day. And it's going to get even more hectic once we start uh, the junior rep stuff as well in yeah. the off-season. So yeah. it's 24-7, you know, every day, 365. So. Yeah. And good on anyone that's out there doing their best. Yeah, like I said before, sure, do full 80, 12, you've got like Lachlan, like I said before, does articles. Daniel Friend, one of our listeners, is doing articles for Real Sport. Anyone that's out there contributing to Rugby League. Good on you. Good on you. Outstanding. And, you know, that's what you want. You want people that love the game. But, yeah, much appreciated, Daryl. Uh, Graham Wright, bit of a personal one for Lewis, so avoid if you like, lol. Uh, but I'm just curious as to what happened to you at the Raiders injury-wise, how you cope with having to give away the game, what plans you had in place for post-footy life. You got the sack. I got the flip because it's a business at the end of the day, and this is why I'll defend players that defect from clubs and people whinge when they leave mid-year or when they get a better deal. 
Uh, I got injured. Simple as that. They had a couple of young guys at Melbourne that played really, really good in SG ball. One's playing first grade right now, Michael Cheekham. Uh, Weedy Baker played some New South Wales Cup, hasn't played first grade. I had multiple cleanouts on my knee. I ended up with another knee injury. My shoulder was hanging out. They knew about that. I had a bicep torn. I'd had reconstructions before. You sit down, it's pretty straightforward. You've got a lot of injuries. There's younger guys that are healthy. Yeah. It's like a racehorse. When you're worn out, they put you down. Yeah. And no one else is really going to touch me. And straight after I had that meeting, I blew out my other knee. So I was basically told by the doctor yeah. then that I should stop. So Look, I had yeah. – well, I left three clubs in my – well, three – I left the Panthers. We won Harold Matthews undefeated. And they didn't – they let go about about 16 of us. I uh, went to the Roosters, was basically told I'd be in the SG Ball squad, trained the whole year, last trial, snapped my ankle, and they let me go. Yep. Um, again, I, now as a coach, I totally get where they were coming from. At the time, I was shattered. Yep. And then Eels busted my shoulder. Yeah, and you were smarter than me, though. You, you I pulled the pin he, straight he away. He pulled the pin with one bad injury. Yeah. I Honestly, if I was a bit smarter... But, you know, rugby league goes full circle because Matthew Cameron was my... would have, would have been my Jersey flag coach... Um, at Parramatta, he let me go. He rung me and told me I was cut from the Jersey flag squad. But that was in 2004. I was 2005. Um, and in 2012, he rings me and offers me a job at the Penrith Panthers to coach. Yeah. Um, basically, Gus had come in and put the broom through. And myself and one other bloke were the only two junior rep coaches to survive. Uh, ben Harden, who's now, he's employed by the Panthers full-time, and myself were the only two to survive the, from the existing junior rep staffs from 20s all the way down. Um, Holden Cup, it was called then. Yeah. Or Toyota Cup, sorry. Um, and look, it's I've had a good relationship with Matt ever since, to the point where now um, I've had to leave the Panthers, and I'm, I'm going to be at West uh, next year, with along with yourself. Mm. Um so it's gone full circle where I've sort of said to him, look, I'm going here because of my own reasons and see you later. So, I mean, 2005, he's the one saying to me, I don't have a gig for you. This year it's sort of me saying, look, I think it's better for me to go here. So, uh, But we still we still talk, text and respect each other and understand that, you know, I do things that are best for me in the end and he does things that are best for him and that's footy. Yeah. Well, mine, like I said, mine, take it personally. mine was more injuries. But on the other side, and this is one thing, it doesn't bother me, and I don't want to sound like a dick with this, but when you say, hey, you cope with it, I struggled as much as anyone, but I kind of get bothered. I'm not questioning that when you've got guys that are on lots of money and they say they're struggling and life's really hard, like, honestly, there's that many, so many young kids that get injured, don't get to make a dollar, and then have got permanent problems for the rest of their lives. I, I don't want to throw shade on them, but life can't be that hard. When you make a you know decent coin, I know there could be other things going on, but yeah, when I see well, yeah. some guys go, oh, you know, leave us alone. And this like, if you're getting six, seven hundred thousand dollars, and you're being a peanut and you're in the spotlight, you've got to take some responsibility. Yeah, I get that. Try but, being but in the end, you're only walking in your own shoes. It's yeah. very easy to say put yourself in someone else's shoes, but but I just and that's fine. Yeah. But I think a lot of them, in the end, you're only living in your own shoes. I get that, that but I see sense. a lot of guys that are playing great and they've got money and it's, oh, you know, things are so... I was, you trust me. You but could, that's all they know as well. And I think be, that's part of the problem that rugby league's creating in that yeah, well, it shouldn't be all they know. And that's the one thing I'll say to Graham. The, my coach, Dave Hamilton, was a really good bloke and probably touched on what you said. Post-footy, he really wasn't worried. I did pretty good at school. Uh, I was, we did a lot better than I did. I was going to go to... That's the funny thing I was going to say. I was going to go to Union B PE teacher like Brock is, but... Once I got back, um, one of those things, I suppose, that, you know, life doesn't always kind of pan out the way you want it to, was go back to uni or buy a property. After I recovered from my surgeries, I bought a property, uh, got a job where I'm now a tradesman, which was, to be honest, the last thing I thought I'd ever be doing. I never mm. had plans to be a, a tradesman, but once you've got bills to pay, you stick to it. But 
the same time, I don't have a uni degree. If I went to buy a property now, I'd be in big trouble. Yeah. Because it's almost... So it's a good move. It's almost gone up, you know. More, it's, it's going over 100% where I've bought. Let's put it that way. Mm. But post footy, I'm doing, I'm working towards what I'm doing right now, which is still staying above footy. We do the podcast. I do some free commentating. I've been lucky enough to do a couple of NRL trials. I coach a little bit with Brock. I don't consider myself to be a career coach or somebody who wants to be a career coach. I think I could do an assistance thing or more a scouting kind of job. If that ever came along, that'd be brilliant. But uh, I'm more interested in this side of football. I love talking football. I'd love to be involved in the media. But uh, I'm studying journalism and hopefully one day I get there. But yeah, footy's a business. Simple as that. People will take it too personally sometimes. Yep. George Canutis, do you think part of the reason the Bunnies have had such a poor season is because of their regular reshuffling and lack of consistency of the lineup? Yes. Or are they just shit? Did you say that? Yep. That's what Excellent. he said. Excellent. I love the I love the straight upness about tonight. No. Uh, <clears throat> bit of both. The reshuffling, I kind of... reshuffling makes them shit. It, it, it hurts, but at the same time, I think there's a lack of consistency, mainly in the forward pack. I think um, they've had a couple of injuries, but Reynolds, Walker, Sutton... Uh, that kind of bit there has bothered me a bit. I think Walker, when English went out, was better at fullback because he's dangerous running and I don't like him up in the line trying to create and organise all the time. But same as him, Reynolds, like Cook not being out there. I think the big letdown is the two Burgess twins, Dave Tyrrells, these kind of guys. They don't have enough go forward in the middle slab to help out Sam and then Crichton on an edge. Yeah. And you see Sam playing in the middle. He shouldn't have to carry that kind of workload. If his two brothers were chipping in doing their job, if Musgrove, who's been good on and off, did his job, if Tyrrell or something like this could chip in, it all starts in the engine room, and that's the big one for me. Their engine room has been disappointment, uh, disappointing. It has a knock-on effect to everybody else. And, yeah, obviously reshuffling of those key spine positions hurts as well. But yeah. uh, they've got massive money tied up in the Twins, and for some reason, you know, they've won a comp early. Um, they got paid. They've both had families, kids. Now, I don't know whether it's a comfort thing, but they need to snap out of it pretty quickly. Yeah. Otherwise, they're not going to be in the NRL. Um, and, yeah, I'm pretty disappointed because they're both outstanding when they're on. Monty J Huckleberry Morning Lewis Brock If a rogue seagull Had flown over the pitch During Titans Tigers And shat on the pitch uh, Would said deposit Have been voted Voted the Titans Best player And potential captain Next year Also would throwing 280k in the sea Provide better value For money than signing Joe Greenwood And Dan Sargenson Well I Am sticking by What I said again Outside backs From England Fail here And I didn't know what they saw in Sargenson, and I'm sure you agree now with me that he's no, terrible. No, I, I, I knew he wasn't the right fit when he came over. Greenwood. I, I, uh, I've yeah. been saying it, as long as we've been doing this podcast, there's one English outside back that I would sign. Ryan Hall. No, and it's Callum, Callum Watkins. I'd sign one of those two, but Watkins is the young one. Callum Watkins. And I don't know how many times I've had to say it. They're outside backs, and the way they play well, the Ryan game. Hall, if you're going to sign a winger, there's one winger that I think in the Super League right now who's got the physicality. He's basically a Joss Mansour... Super League's version of Josh Mansell, really, is Ryan Hall. Uh, and Callum Watkins, well, I, I, I generally look at him and go, he's got, he's got the speed, he's got the physicality in defence, he's got all the things that you need, he's got a good yardage game in terms of yeah, but that's why all the I've, things that fit into an Aussie That's why Aussie Slam, Tompkins and all these guys have come over. Their outside backs don't play the same way ours. Ours is all about yardage, banter, like... Joe Burgess, they go, oh, he scores, he's fast. Well, that's fine in the Super League when you get open space and they throw the ball around and he gets to run away. In the NRL, how often did he get open space? He struggled in yardage. He made errors. He got whacked. He was a little bit better near the end, but him, Tompkins, all these guys, none of them are up to that kind of standard. A lot of their forwards are because they play tough. They have to do a bit of a learning and probably the game's a bit faster and you play harder games week to week. But I've said it a million times, just about every outside back that comes over has failed and will keep failing. Mm. That's my honest opinion. They don't. We play very differently with our outside backs. Our outside backs are extra forwards. 
And yeah, Sargent's and that little side shuffle and the skip and the step and 20,000, well, it doesn't work. Uh, I, you know, I don't know how much they paid him and if they can get rid of him. Greenwood I hadn't seen much of, but he's been hot and cold. Every so often he runs a nice line or does something like that. But as a back rower, he doesn't look quick enough for me. doesn't have that leg speed or he doesn't have any punch when he hits a hole. He yeah. looks like he's just kind of moping along at a lackadaisical kind of pace. He's big and you know gangly, so yeah, not too sure about him either. Aaron Wright, who will be the next number nine for Queensland, Australia? I like McCulloch or Granville. Friend only just missing out, but Smith will be there for a few years to go yet. Well, Friend's next man up, and then I probably would have said McCulloch as well. But McCulloch this year on form, very close along with Friend. Granville, definitely I wouldn't put him in for the Australian side. But, yeah, uh, most of the hookers are on the Queensland side of things, not New South Wales, that's for sure. But they're probably the top three if you were talking about nines, I think. Yeah. Diego Montoya, bellyache impersonations, please. Well, as I say, uh, Cameron's been a stalwart for our club. 350 games, and he's only missed 11 over 16 seasons, which is, speaks volumes of, of, of the player that Cameron is. But, uh, yeah, I, I was pretty happy with the performance today. Good. Yeah. That is good. I think that is pretty good. I like it. Chris Lamuda, Talia Far. Mm. hope I got that right, champion. If not, I apologise. Is Kearney gone? Well, I don't think he can after Far one season. Out. A lot of people want him gone, but yeah, I, I don't think he he's had enough time to change things. He's only been there for twelve months, and yeah, uh, I just don't understand. And the other thing again, who are you getting in? That's the main thing. Unless Ivan Cleary was going back there, Stacey Jones definitely isn't uh, you know right to move into that and take that job just yet. And for some reason today, I don't know if I read this correctly. Apparently, they denied him the opportunity to go be a part with David Kibble of the New Zealand World Cup squad. I don't see why they'd knock that off because he's needed for the preseason. And my opinion is he could network with Australian-based New Zealand players, learn a little bit there, and hopefully kind of convince some guys maybe to come to the Warriors or do something like that mm. and grow because he's only done cup and, you know, a couple of small jobs, but they've denied him that opportunity apparently. That surprised me. Yep. But, mm. yeah, that's that's a bit of a rough one, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't fire him. The Fat Sportsman, what are your top five favourite players from the 300-plus club? You got a list here? Yeah. Well, I've got it Top up. five. Well, Smith. Smitty's my number one, easily. Fittler. Lockyer's got to be... Freddie's my number one. Lockyer's number two. He's already up there. Uh, who have we got in the 300 club? Princey! <laughs> yeah, maybe for you. Not for, me. Not for me, champ. Oh, let's have a look at some of these names. Steve Price. I'm going Freddie. I'm going Princey. I'm going Smith, I'm going, Menzies, yeah. and Parker. I'm going Lockyer. Lock- you missed out, champ. Nah, Dan Lockyer's in mine. Cameron Smith, Steve Menzies, Brad Fittler. Um, can we also mention Paul Langmack, 315? Uh, he's actually checked himself into um, an institution last week, doing it pretty tough mental mental health. So I don't think. Langers would uh, be listening to the podcast, but if he somehow happens to to stumble across it this week or anyone who knows him, um, wish him all the best. Got to be tough. Yeah, and obviously best wishes to Brett Kenny as well. Yeah, squad at the moment, but yeah, top five three hundred club players. I'll say Darren Lockyer, Cameron Smith, Steve Menzies. I'll go Freddie, and my last one. I'm torn between. What about Brent Kite, mate? Clive Churchill medalist. My last one is going to be a front rower or a bloke who transferred to front row, but it's between Steve Price and Ruben Wiki. I'm going to go with Ruben Wiki. I love Ruben Wiki. He was an angry, angry man, and he played the last couple of years busted. Petro, very close to getting a run. I loved him. Mini was a great player. He struggled at the back end. Um, 
Cooper's in there. I struggled to leave him out. And Corey Parker. I loved Corey Parker as well. But, yeah, that would be my top five from the 300 club. What have we got here? Broncos. Scott Lockyer says, Broncos gone without Macca. I love the show. Better than anything Channel 9 has. Much appreciated champion. Uh, I think we touched enough on that earlier. Honestly, I think that's a massive loss. That's the glue for their ruck and their forward pack. So I think that's going to hurt them a lot. Jamie Dutton, keep up the good work. Just wondering on why you support non-New South Wales teams and seriously, just hand Melbourne the track very. Well, we've touched on this a million times, champion. Uh, I think growing up, we're in a household where we don't really have anyone in the family that supports a team. We just watch rugby league in general. Mm. And I kind of think by your own admission or decision at a certain age, you kind of latch onto a team. We used to go to Penrith games, but I always used to bet with you know people there that Penrith were going to lose. For some reason, I've always kind of death-rode Penrith. So... Uh, I had an attachment with Melbourne when they came in. I was about eight when they started and got a bit more serious in my footy. I used to love Glenn Lazarus. I was a massive fan. Tura Nikia, Robbie Ross, all those guys kind of come to the one place at the same time, but uh, massive obsession. We've got I sort of followed players more than teams, so I sort of Penrith, Penrith Roosters. Um, I had a little manly phase as well because I love Steve Menzies. Uh, and then it moved to Scotty Prince. I love Scotty Prince. Um, and ever since, I sort of... Well, my favourite players at the moment would be Melbourne. I think it's probably easy for me to jump off the Titans and support Melbourne. But um, I, I sort of I support the Titans, but love and respect. And you know, if there's one game a week that I can watch, more it's often stopped. than not, it'd be the Mel- Melbourne. Yeah, more also because my favourite coach would be Bellamy yeah. as well. And so. Brock could back me up on this. I didn't have jerseys. I didn't support anyone. The first ever jersey I no, got. No, Melbourne jersey. was a Storm jersey. Yeah. He remembers we went to our Arnie's house, yeah. the Dragons grand final day. Had my jersey. Everyone was against me, said that the Dragons were going to win. After that, everyone wanted to get it and run the streets with it, saying, yeah, Melbourne. So, uh, day dot, but yeah, Lazarus and everything. And little did I know that after a couple of years of just sitting at six and seven, Orford bails out. Bellamy takes the reins. Cooper Cronk works with Matty Johns and him. And I remember Gus famously came out and said they'd run last. He year. said, "We'll get the spoon." And next minute, we're in a grand final. Mm. Uh, then we cheated, and then we won a grand final again. <laughs> so, yeah, come full circle. If you can't beat them, cheat. That's right, <laughs> cheat. Adam Stevenson thoughts on the World Cup coming up. Pisses me off that the likes of Josh McGuire can play State of Origin to play for Australia, but if he has a bad season next year, he'll play for Samoa again. Happens way too much with the New Zealand team playing for any island they want if they don't get picked. Mm. Should be once you choose, you stick. Don't get me started on Hayne. Well, for the benefit of the World Cup, if you didn't let guys do that, all those other nations would get killed. Yeah. I, I get his point, definitely, but I also get, I get the, it. Get but why for a World they, Cup, they allow to strengthen all those sides. How would so. Scotland and Ireland that go? Well, we're going up to the final, so that'll be good. Yeah. I'm, look, to me at the moment, I couldn't give two shits about the World Cup, uh, but once the grand final's been and gone, I'll definitely be looking forward to it. I'll be pretty pumped up. It's just those other nations. Though. How's Ireland or Scotland going to compete if you can't get a couple of guys do the old link within three generations or et cetera, you know? Like, yeah. And it's a great opportunity for guys to you know travel or play in a comp like that and mix in with some other dudes, and we've seen some players emerge from the World Cup and get into top 25s or squads so I don't have a big problem with it but um, yeah it's just one of those things there's not enough talent if you didn't do that if everyone had to lock themselves into New Zealand uh, or Australia I think those other sides would be very very weak and a lot of guys early on in their careers especially would hold out hope to be in one of those two teams if they had potential Uh, Jay Smith Reynolds the grub was in career grubby's form this week on and off the field my question is (laughs) why so grubby well, that's just who he is. That's who he is. Right, he embraces it, though. That's who he is. Oh, he, he, he knows who he is. Yeah. I love it. Well, I've got to say, he, he, he does. He accepts yeah, it. Yeah, as I say. As I say, he just, he knows who he is. And he sticks to his guns. So, yeah. 
Brennan Loftus, now then, lads. I'd love to get your thoughts on Cameron Smith. I thought he was great after a couple of out-of-character mistakes against Manly. Um, he was also exceptional Origin 3. Is he the most dominant player in the NRL? Cheers. Yes. I think hands down, and we gave him Massey rap before. Origin 3, he ran right on the weekend. Fuhrer's or not, he set up four tries. He played at nine. He played at second receiver. He kicks, passes, dictates, play, he runs. He's the most intelligent player in the NRL by a country mile. Um, he's always scheming. He's two steps ahead of everybody. And without him, Melbourne wouldn't be anywhere near where they are today. Him and Bellamy are the heartbeat of that. Mm. That's simple as that. Max McAlorum, hey, fellas, do you think the Raiders would become a consistent force if they would dump Austin or Caesar? I think they're missing a general to guide them around the park. Clearly, Hodgson can't do it. Well, I don't know what the disconnect is there in the spine. I've said it before. There's... Clear issues there, but I think Caesar's maybe felt undervalued or a bit unloved and backdoored, and I think he's taken control the last four to five weeks and actually been pretty good. But at the same time, I think Austin, I played with him at school. He's a great bloke, great person, does a lot of great community work, things off the field. His game just hasn't really developed. He's got a brilliant running game. He's got that show and go. But other than that, the ball playing, kicking, other bits and pieces to his game, I think it's kind of hindered him because after a couple of seasons in the NRL, once you've done well, everybody has video on you. Yeah. So I think everybody knows what's coming from him and... Hodgson at times I think the first two years there was a fight between the three of them to be in control this year just has looked uninterested to be honest I think it goes back to the forward pack I don't think the forward pack's been anywhere near as dominant no. and I think this is, causes issues because they're starting to finesse the ball sideways and things don't work I think in particular if you're going to say guys last year that had massive years like Boydie he, he's been pretty quiet I think Paulo's been okay. I think hasn't White, been what he was last year I think year. Whitehead's one that hasn't copped any flack who's been very quiet yeah, honest, been, yeah. and and that's, that goes back to my point. And that's what I was going to say on the weekend about Tapine when I was saying with Lockley. Not like snapping about or asking, but like you look at his form and the way he isolates halves and the mobility and the damage he's doing, I'd rather at the moment play Tapine than Whitehead with the attitude he's got. Yeah, that's um, very he, cool. He's probably frustrated, but I just I don't can't really think of a game this year where I've sat there and gone, Whitehead, you've been incredible. Yeah. Um, and he's another one. For a back rower, I love he has skill, but to me he's too pass happy. Mm. And him, Leilu and Rapana in particular this year on that edge with Austin have created a lot of errors and made a lot of defensive errors because when they have the ball, they love throwing around and getting a bit loose, but they're not accountable when it comes to defense. So, yeah, a few things could change there, that's for sure. Uh, William Robinson, can Knights take Moga off our hands now? The dude can't tackle or pass. Well, I think he's a bit of a freight train. He does have an error in him, but for a center, he's a monster. I know you're probably frustrated after the other night when they pulled that edge apart, but um, he was just doing his job. The inside man was jamming up, so was he and Pearson followed, and they got their pants pulled down a few times, unfortunately, Will. Jay Strasberg, hey boys, starting a new award for your show, biggest flog in the NRL, and I'm locking in the winner for the next decade, and that's Kenny Edwards. Take out what he did to Pearson, and he's still miles ahead of anyone from dragging opposition into celebrations to WWE-style acting he does uh, to wind down the clock or get a penalty. The guy's a dead-set flog. Agreed. I went on about a three or four minute rant earlier in the show about Kenny Edwards. Yeah. I think someone needs to clean him up and snot him one. Not happy. Baron Von Prawns. Interesting name. I like Excellent. it. Uh, Penrith, the luckiest team in the comp. At least half of their tries come from fluke bounces, intercepts, and their opponents dropping the ball. Even against a terrible Bulldog side, two of their three tries came directly from Bulldogs' mistakes in their own, on their own try line. Well, that's why I was saying I'm still struggling to find how they're going to beat all these teams because... Um, their attack to me, especially inside 20, is still not looking that crash hot. Uh, he says, looking at their three games before this, they beat Manly due to a 14-4 penalty count and a bad bunker call for their second try. I thought that was a no try. Uh, 
And he says that was two tries apiece. They were losing to the Warriors until Johnson got injured and they got a drop ball try and an intercept try against the Titans. Is this a case of luck or is this a case of Penrith playing a style that promotes errors in opposition? Also, how professional, unprofessional is it for a coach to blame the rest for losing to the 2017 Newcastle Knights? Nathan Brown, your team was bad and you should feel bad. I think oh. I think he means Paul McGregor. Your team was bad. I 100% agree with that yeah, statement. Direct. As far as Penrith, there is an element of luck involved. I don't think they're doing anything defensively to force errors, to be honest. Ash Taylor just threw two absolute pineapples the week he before. Did. but Hang your head and shame, Ash. Luck I was or not, on the hill. I needed a win, and you delivered that for me. Fuck. You make your own luck. They swept on some of those footballs, but I agree with the Manly game. Uh, I thought the penalties, they deserved some of them, but I thought Manly deserved a few more. But the try he's talking about, that was knock-on. But I'm not taking that win off them. But it's as simple as this. Baron, their attack's shit. And if it doesn't get better and they don't step up and things don't get a little more cohesive in a short amount of time, they're in trouble because they're playing four teams that are directly involved with the possibility of being in finals football right now. Baron, good debut, brother. Like your work. Like your work. Good debut question. Matty Hunt, here he is. Oh, the passenger. His passenger of the week is actually from the previous round, being that of oh, Ricky Stewart. come on, Matty. I like it, though. Should have doubled up. I'm actually a fan of Ricky and have met him a few times. He's always been very good with the fans. <laughs> with the fans. He's like Laurie. Oh, however, I felt that he's been very ignorant in meaning that his team has problems. Even though this has been a very poor year for referees and their uh, influence and results is at an all-time high, it's not the ref's fault that the Raiders have very little respect for the ball, have a hooker who kicks on third tackle, a 5'8 who won't pass, a clueless fullback always out of position, a greedy centre and winger, of Napak who gives away lazy penalties. This team clearly has issues and need to be recognised and addressed. However, I want to change it this week and have you boys pick the passenger. Oh, way. yeah. Options are Wanga Blake, Dan Gagai, or Aaron Woods. Good on you, boys. Jeez. Wanga, a, what did Wanga Blake do wrong? I thought he's threw a nice ball for Dallin. I was going to say, I'd more say Dallin. Yeah. Dallin spilt five pills on Friday yeah. night. Dallin, yeah. Dallin Martini. He needed a new set of hands, as Andrew John said. He, brought, he made about he brought his, 15 errors. He said he brought his Kenny Dow hands, I think. He, is that what he said? Yeah. Is that what Joey said? Yeah. Like, that's a bit harsh. He goes, I'm not liking but Sean has those nights. He goes, Dallin forgot to ring his hands. It's a Manu night. Manu used to do that. Yeah. Once he dropped one, he dropped 10. Oh, he just got on a roll. Oh, dear. That night at Parramatta. Funnily enough, though, the only one Dallin... It was like watching a murder. The only one Dallin held <laughs> is the one he got to score a try off. I was like, you caught that one, didn't you? Passenger of the week. I'll give it to the whole Titans team. That was shit. Yeah, I'll go that too. Yeah. How about everyone that played in the Penrith Dog game? Yeah. Hang that. your heads in shame. They should have turned the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> if, if we were there like we were the week before with Gossip, oh. I would have been blind doing oh. snow beer cup angels on the hill. Dear. The game was Yeah, you would have. Yeah, 100%. Uh, Mitchell Madley, boys, who in your opinion is the best player slash most unlucky uh, to not be playing in the NRL in the New South Wales Cup? Well, I do a bit of New South Wales Cup. Probably more a question for you, though. And I haven't done a whole lot. Tyrone May? Probably he's played, like, two games. Well, he's finally playing. He would have been one. I would have said Mitchell Rain as well before he got in. Yeah. They're probably two. I like the dude that plays uh, hooker for Wyong. You know him, Mitch. Yeah, Mitch Williams. I like him. Yeah, but he's he's been in pre-seasons. Like yeah, but after you've seen Radley now, you can kind yeah, of Yeah, but I look at other, other hookers and go, pfft. Now, I'll tell you one, he's, he's been around for a long time and I'm surprised the team hasn't ever given him a game. Magnus Stromquist, none of these have a yeah. name like a James Bond villain. He does. He's like mini Paul Gallon, and not in the way that he sharks for the runs. He honestly doesn't look that fit or like he can do a whole lot. He just goes and goes and goes. Uh, and another one for me is Brent Naden. 
since he got to Mounties, he yeah. looks a lot bigger. He's filled out. And the way some of the guys were playing Nada. for the team uh, the team of the Canberra Raiders, I thought he might get a game. And I mentioned one earlier in the year who ended up playing finally after I begged for it was Charles Nickel Klogstad for the Warriors. Yeah. He was outstanding for weeks and weeks and weeks. And for some reason, as bad as they played, he still getting, couldn't get a crack. But, uh, yeah, he ended up getting a couple of games finally. So... Uh, that's probably a few off the top of my head. I could have a real good look and probably tell you next week about some lurking talent in the New South Wales Cup. But, um, yeah, that's probably a few just off the top of the head. Greg Milburn. I've seen others I have seen others hit players that lie on the ground. Why is there an outcry on Edwards' hit? It's either a free hit or you don't touch someone if they're on the deck. I think... Well, I know what you're talking about. It's not illegal. Guys, player code, you don't do it. But I think there's also a way to go about it. So I can get where you're coming from, Greg. But I've seen like a guy down about to get up and Burgess has whacked him or the one on Cleary earlier in the year. Like it was more to the body. My main issue was I thought he targeted the head. Yeah. Um, like the flopping in yeah, if someone's... more like a wrestling move, not a tackle. If someone's surrendered and they get powerbombed, and we've seen Dave Taylor do it a couple of years ago and had a bit of a laugh when somebody laid down and he powerbombed them. Yeah. I think it's the your intent when you go there. If you, if you land on someone and they've surrendered, it is a game of football, but... I honestly think if the football's not there, the arm and the shoulder, he was going for the head. That's I'll be honest. I think it's weak. I don't think you should do it. No, nah, and I get it with a lot of them. But in particular, I got angry because he's a repeat offender. But that one, I honestly thought the football saved Pearson Skull. Mm. He was going for his face, which I have a big problem with. I think the point goes back. If And then a lot of people say, well, what about the guys that just dive to the ground and surrender? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah, cop it. Well, they should start giving penalties for voluntary tackles. And then they won't do it. And that solves your problem. Yeah, I don't think the problem is to come in and cannonball uh, players that are on the ground because we're, we're talking about the look that we're trying to give to potential participants in our game. And that, that as a snapshot, isn't a good look for a potential parent no. of a player to come into rugby league. And then what ensued after that doesn't look good either when Correct. everyone runs in and starts a mellow. So yeah. I can see both sides. Ben Nobbs, you boys get the new rugby league game that just came out. No. No. I, was, I don't have a PlayStation, so... Mate, I bought the one before, and honestly, I thought it was the same, and it has been for everyone. So I'd really love for there to be a good one, but for everyone out there, again, I don't want to get into big business rant about this, but everyone that goes, why does EA and that not do it? Look at the games EA does and the money they invest yeah. in the game. They're, They're all global games. Yeah. They sell copies all around the world. It's not a quick knock-up on a computer. They use technology that costs millions and millions of dollars and get the players in to develop the real-life movement, habits, patterns, and characteristics of those people. Rugby league, let's be honest, us, New Zealand, maybe a couple other countries might be interested. EA's never going to pick that game up. Um, I used to buy the rugby union game, truth behold, when they used to do it because it was actually pretty good. Yeah. But I don't think they make one anymore, so I haven't bought that either, but... Um, yeah, no, mate, I won't be buying it. And some of the reviews I read, you know, you can inbox us or let us know if you think it's pretty good. But I don't like the fact it's basically you can pass or you can throw a cutout pass. You can't put people through holes. There's no shapes. It's it's very annoying. Andrew Pointer, how big of an issue is the loss of Macca for the Broncos? I know they're talking up Hunt slotting in, but without Macca, we lose a lot of defensive ability in the middle. Well, mate, we've touched on it a million times, but honestly, I think he's the glue that holds that whole forward pack together and, and that side. So it's a big loss. Uh, Daniel Gloucester, why no issues for Adam Blair, but everyone laying into Kenny Edwards. Also, I have a two-hour wait for the airport tomorrow, so a podcast to listen to would be greatly appreciated. Well, mate, I mate. slammed Adam Blair at the start, and I've slammed him plenty of times. He's a grub, and so, <laughs> is Kenny, and so is Kenny Edwards. But Adam Blair, the bloke, and when I say off the field on TV, like lots of guys, seems like a great human being, but when he plays football, just I get angry. The hitting later, the halves, all the bits and pieces, and the, and the irony and the karma of what I said. He... 
didn't have to hit Jennings. Boyd had that kick covered. He still felt like he had to go in there and just be a dick and hit him, and it's cost McCulloch and probably the Broncos their season. Mm. So well, it has cost them their season. I'm happy to go after Adam Blair as well. Don't worry about that. But Get him, um, Louis. Get him there. I don't think he's going to make the, the Broncos. I think the Warriors are going to pick him up. I think it's a bad signing. But all the things I've been hearing, they're interested to get in there, and I don't think Wayne Bennett's got any money left. They haven't we'll signed, see you later. They haven't signed Kahu and Blair, and the Warriors are interested in both. And honestly, if on the Broncos, you can have both. Uh, I think Kahu's safe, but I think he's got no toe, and the only upside he's got for Brisbane right now is they don't have a goal kicker. Yeah. He's a steady first grader. That's, you know, meh. Meh. Forrest Bell, the interchange, and Des Hasler. At the start of 2016, I think they dropped the interchange to eight. The Bulldogs just scraped into the eight and fell out straight away this year. They're looking bottom four. If, they, if and when they drop it to six, is there talk about this? Do you think Des Hasler's coaching career is over? No, he needs to adjust. I think he needs to adjust. I don't think it's got much to do with the interchange. He still gets through his interchange all good. I think it's his style of play, his tactics, and the way you... Bastard style of play. A bastard style of play. I think that Desi needs to change his style of play. (laughs) He does. He's got his front rowers playing like halves, and his halves don't play at all. And Michael Leisha was the best running nine in juniors, and now he doesn't run at all. Look up Andy Tate. Andy Tate. Anyone out there, especially our Pommy listeners, you know Andy Tate. Manchester United. You got the job on a technicality <laughs> on the fact that you're friends with a legend named Fergie. You are nothing. You are a fool and you are a waste of time. Good night. I'll put the link up on the page for everyone. Yeah, look, put it up. Ah, lucky last. Duncan Bridgeford. Storm, Sharks and Roosters. Almost look certain he's for the top four now. Who gets the last spot? I'm hoping Parrot can continue their good form and sneak in. Well, honestly, mate, uh, if they win the next couple of games, if you went off the draw and the strength of it, they probably will have a chance and it depends on Brisbane's results, but... It's Parra and Brisbane, I think, for that last spot. You agree, Brock? I agree. There you go. Well, hold on. Have we got a few late ones on Ooh. Twitter? No, no late ones on Twitter. But uh, unfortunately, in between recording this, we've got a text from Mr. Gossip. And, oh. Mate, he's down, oh. he's down for the count. He's, he's a down for the count and he's hurting. But um, So we've got his tips and he's got his gossip. And we're going to do that. Brought I'm to taking you. it personally. Ever since we've met him in person, he hasn't been on the podcast. <laughs> You think he's got an issue? He's trying to he's trying to exit through the side door. He's seen our alcoholism and our general behaviour. Yeah. He's like, wow, I don't want anything to do with these blokes anymore. <clears throat> no, these guys are fools. But uh, before we get on to gossip and our tips and the odds brought to you, WilliamHill.com uh, and obviously our charity account this year, our charity is the Great Walk Foundation. They do fantastic things for the local community in the Blue Mountains and Penrith, Hawkesbury region, raising money uh, for organisations, cancer buses, community kitchens and hospitals to get well-needed uh, gear that they don't get provided from government funding. Uh, if you want to look them up, greatwalkfoundation.com.au, and they're also on Twitter. Uh, fantastic. But we have to give a plug to Richmond Residential. They bought an ad space at a charity luncheon we had not long ago to contribute to the Great Walk Foundation. So for anybody out there, if you are looking for some help in financial management, Richmond Residential are the people for you because they are a strategic financial management consultancy company. They deliver a broad range of highly effective wealth creation solutions for commercial and non-commercial financial sectors. They can help you with things such as equity loans, commercial loans, financial management, mortgage restructuring, home loans, debt consolidation, leasing, finance, refinancing, real estate investment, all these things that can help you for life moving forward. It's professionals they have there, have a strong client focus, and their dedication will help you to achieve the financial results that you want. They work with you and for you to get where you want to be. Contact them today, 02-8824-4000. Follow them on Facebook or LinkedIn. And you can book your own complimentary strategy session. So if you want to oh. do that, 
give them a call or you can visit them at Suite 415 of 33 at Lexington Drive, Bella Vista. I'll tell you what, Desi Hasler could do with a strategic... Mate, he might need a bit of help. Session. He might need some strategic help if he gets Are they experts payout. on offensive structure? Oh, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Get it's him about, in there. It's about the only thing they're probably not experts on. Yeah. But, uh, like I said to everyone, we try to keep ads to a minimum, but this one's for charity, so I'm sure you're all going to understand. Big thank you to Ange and everyone at Richmond Residential. But now... Gossip's gossip. He's dirt that he's left behind. And the tip's brought to you by WilliamHill.com. If you're going to have a bet on the NRL any sport, make sure you do it with William Hill. Move into the 21st century. The old price pump on the horses, mate. I got one last night. Did you? Desperate Sunday Arvo football after me surgery. I was bored. You're a disgrace. You, you know the deal, horses and dogs. If it's got your name in it or someone's name, you know, you've got to have a crap, don't you? Oh, yeah, you do. Guess what I found? What? Raced one, Albion Park, Louis the Flyer. Oh. In the two, on the dog, $5. Price pumped it to six. Just had a sneaky tenner. Louis Flyer, mate, he flew home. Did he and win? I was slapping the car. Oh. Yeah, Louis oh, yeah. Flyer. I got a text off an old uni friend, Lindsay, uh, on Saturday night, and she'd back one called Brock the Beast. Oh, uh, and it came second. Yeah, that's uh, where you come. A, there's a lot of there's a <laughs> lot of there's a lot of jokes around that that are inappropriate that uh, I shan't be saying on the podcast, but you guys can work it out. It makes sense. There was, there was a quick text response, and I like it. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, well, uh, obviously, like I said, no gossip tonight, unfortunately, but we do have uh, all his dirt that he's left behind for us, and then we'll do our tips and the odds brought to you with him.com. Uh, but starting things off, we've got here Elijah Taylor will turn down an offer from the Warriors, and I heard earlier in the year that there was an offer there uh, to stay at the Tigers for two more seasons. I hear that's more family-related. He's got a yeah some illness with his daughter, and I think the doctor suggested that he's better off staying here in Sydney for her sake. His, so. his young daughter. I think that's what I read the other day. Don't oh, quite know it, but it's a family member, and I'm pretty sure the doctors suggested he stay. So it looks yeah, that's for the, sad if that's the case. For the Tigers, I don't think you can have a better bloke. I love Elijah Taylor. Same. He's a fantastic footballer, fantastic bloke. You see how much he was hurt the other week when they lost that game, and he had a bit of a bad night. They're the kind of blokes you want your footy team. Absolutely. And what Di was talking about earlier, when you're building culture, they're the kind of guys that the Warriors could use to fix their culture. Definitely. Um, so that's funny that, that uh, he was one of the first players Ivan Cleary. Ivan contract. Cleary took. Yep, straight away. And now, like Ben Madalena and a few of those guys that are exiting, you know, it's it probably speaks volumes, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, moving on, the Knights, they're still in talks with Mitchell Rain, so interesting to see what happens there. They've got young Tom Starling, who's in 20s, playing up a cup, great player, and Denny Levi, awesome on the weekend, so give him a bit of depth in that spot. But they've lost Mickey Payer and Joe Wardle. No offence, Mickey Payer was more a stopgap for the situation there, and now he's going back to the UK. And Joe Wardle, I think he's been solid, but he's not NRL standard, so those two going back to the Super League, no big loss. The Bunnies, they're confident apparently they're going to land James Maloney in 2019. That's a little too late, Souths, if mm. I'm going to be honest with you. If he's 31 now and he's 32 next year, by the time you buy him, he's going to be 33. Big trouble, little China. And if that's what you're waiting for, Michael Maguire, no offence. Big trouble, little China, like Brock just you're said. You're in a little bit of trouble. Mate. Massive trouble. Uh, Dave Taylor, most people probably heard this one. Dave! Gossip's confirming he's off to play for the Toronto Wolfpack. So Canberra, obviously, they've spent all their cap. They've made an offer only a little bit more than what he's on now, which is about 100 k Tony Wolfpack, for more reports, I've got three deal about a million dollars. Obviously, no one in the NRL is going to offer him much after the past he's had, and he gets a bit comfortable when he gets a long-term deal. And Super League, he got flicked by Catalan. So Toronto, they're they're out there looking for ex-NRL talent, and they're doing really well, so good on them, but I hope they know what they're in for. And hope you've got a lot of material, because Dave wears a pretty big jersey. He does. But he went hard on the weekend, and I was just saying, isn't it funny when contracts are on, what happens to players? Scored a well, he scored the first run point the other week, didn't he? First run line break offload on the weekend. Second run skittled three blokes. Third run clean line break. I was like, Dave! 
Dave. Dave. When it's money time, Dave knows how to get paid. paid. Remember when the Titan signed in the year he had at CS before he left? He was next worldly. And then he rocked up New Blacks and just had a nap for three years. Yeah. Oh. He was like a dirty nappy. Love it. And the last one here. Oh, big news from Mr. Gossip. The Warriors are keen on Neil Henry to coach from next season. Titans players unhappy with him. That's Good. that's big. So the Warriors keen on Neil Henry. No offense. He's a little bit abrasive. I like the bloke, but I don't think he's going to fit in well with the Warriors. See you, Neil. So that's, See you, mate. That's a big call there by Gossip. And I'm, that's all his gossip. So moving on to the tips and the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. Uh, last week, Gossip got six. We both got three. We stunk. We trusted Souths. They burn us. Uh, we both tipped Manly, which I feel dumb about. But that was obviously thinking Smith was going to miss two weeks, which yeah. he was supposed to. Uh, and I'm trying to think. We can only other. deal with the information at the time. Dragons lost. Um, who else? I don't know, mate. I can't think. But I got a couple wrong. It wasn't a good week. Let's we tipped Penrith. <clears throat> we tipped. Uh, we tipped the Broncos. They lost. I got Penrith, Sharks, and Roosters. Yeah, I'd be the same. Yeah, that's what we had the exact same round last week. But uh, yeah, Titans the other one we got wrong. Yeah, well done. It was a bad week. It was a bad week. But did Gossip tip the Tigers? Yeah, he sure did. That was a good tip. But this week and uh, the games, we obviously don't have lineups. We're doing this on a Monday. So, you know, just stabbing in the dark, punching them as we do. If you yeah. want to follow our bets like a few people said they did, do it with caution, clearly, on a Monday when you haven't and seen And tweet it. us before the game and say, hey, guys. Yeah. If anyone would have hit Smith's me up. in, yada, 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 like, hello. I probably should have posted that yesterday. I went nuts. Vunavalu's score, Melbourne to win, $50. Melbourne 13 plus, $50. I had a field day. Yeah, it you was, control. Yeah, it was on board. I had Daniel Cormier to win. I had John Jones and he had his, knockout. And he had his face kicked in. $4.75, and I was cheering when I sent him crying on Twitter. Sorry, Daniel. I needed to get paid. Yes. <laughs> oh, Daniel. Uh, first game, though, to kick the round off Thursday night, it is the pa- oh, the Parramatta Eels looking to beat the Bulldogs. And as you said earlier, a couple of mad uh, Eels fans, you know, are worried about yeah. these games. But uh, crazy. looking at this one, the Dogs, I can't think of anyone who was injured the other night or much they're going to change. Season's over. I'd really like to see them finally give Renoff to Marga a game. He kills Cup every week. Him and Fytala Mariner are probably two of the only guys I look at and think you can offer a point of difference and offload bit of footwork, something that they just lack. Um, yeah. I don't think they'll do it. Parramatta, they were great. Yeah, not. I'm sticking with Parramatta. Gossip sticking with Parramatta. I'm assuming you're the same. Yeah. You're on the Eels as well. And with WilliamHill.com, they're $1.40, dollar forty, two ninety five for the Dogs. Minus 6.5 is a line. 1 to 12 Dogs, four twenty five, three dollars Eels. Dogs, 13 plus, eight dollars two fifty Eels. Dragons at the SCG versus South. This is a game I've always wanted to attend, actually. Um, obviously not the way they're both going at the moment. I'm, I don't know if I could watch it, but... Well, you want to go to it? I want to go to the SCG. I'd, I'd go with it. We went to the SCG for the, yeah, the centenary game. 100-year test, and Greg yeah. English threw that ball back over his head for he Mark Gaznia. Mick Crocker, Willie Mason even played that one, I'm pretty sure, still. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, hard one to pick because as much as I don't trust South, I, I wouldn't be picking Crichton or Burgess this week, but I think they will. Uh, on the Dragon side of things, I'd be confident to tip them if those guys were out in the form Souths have show. But like I said on the weekend, with no lineups, I saw Packer go off again. He had a hip. Now I think it's a knee. Yeah. I saw Sims struggling. On Frizzell had a bad game and he looks hurt. Where are you heading with this, mate? <clears throat> I, I was thinking about Souths, but I just don't trust them. So I'm going to stick with the Dragons and the fact they want to play finals. But honestly, if Burgess and Crichton are in and any of those guys are out, get on Souths. But Gossip, he's also gone the Dragons. Yeah, I, Dragons have to win. Well, I'm with you more just for the finals, but if those few guys are missing, they've got no depth. Yeah. If you told me Frizzell's under an injury cloud or out and but Packers South, out. And South suck. They do suck. So Dragons, pull your finger out, get the job done. 
WilliamHill.com have the Dragons. $1.45 favourites, two seventy five for Souths. Minus 6.5 again is the line. 1 to 12 Dragons, $3, $4 Souths. 13 plus Dragons, $2.70, $7 Souths. Cowboys Storm up there at North Queensland. Gallant effort last week. I thought they were outstanding and brave in that loss, but uh, just bullied in the back end of that game. And Luke Keary obviously intervening along with Tokiaho. Melbourne were outstanding. I kind of get the feeling that they may not play Billy if they don't need to. But again, we don't have the lineups. And Smitty must be healthy because he played the full game. I'm going to go Melbourne, but it wouldn't surprise me if Billy didn't play again. Yeah, I still and think Melbourne. I think North Queensland up there are going to give us a tough time. They won't give it anything for free, but I'll stick with the Storm. Gossip's the Storm, so clean sweep on the tips so far. And William Hill agree, $1.50 for the Storm, two sixty dollars the Cowboys. Minus five and a half is a line. One to twelve storm three dollars three seventy five cowboys. Thirteen plus storm two ninety six fifty for the cowboys. Newcastle versus the Warriors. My God, this is difficult. Mm. Newcastle. I thought they were pretty good last week, considering the circumstances. Got the job done. Uh, is anyone going to be missing? I'm not too sure. New Zealand. What do you say? Uh, you say they suck. This they is a do. hard one to tip. It's in Newcastle though. <clears throat> What do you reckon, Boxhead? You, you willing to back the Knights to win too? Or do you reckon the Warriors can come over and get the job done? Sheck, Foran, Mason, Lino, that forward pack. But no, it, I'm going to tip Newcastle. It is in Newcastle. So you're going to stick with them. Gossip, yep. he's happy to go for him. Papa Gossip, he's a big Newcastle fan. <clears throat> Who's Gossip tipped? He's tipped Newcastle. I'm thinking about being that guy. Be that guy. But you're always that guy, mate. I'm usually that guy, but I honestly think Newcastle are going to win. So tip them, you idiot. But I'm just, I'm trying to, I'm, I'm who's for growing myself here. Uh, I'll take the Warriors. I'm a dog. You're an idiot. I'm coming last. I'm going to try and get desperation You're points. I'm just going to take it. I am an Why idiot. Why would you tip the Warriors? Based on what, mate? Shut up, mate. <laughs> You're a fool. Kieran. You're a waste of time. Good Kieran, night. Kieran Foran. <laughs> yeah, good. Oh. He's one player, mate. Nah, I'll get the Knights. I'm oh, I've, I've got him. Good. Shut up, mate. Uh, and the bookies here, they've got the Warriors, the favourites at WilliamHill.com, $1.62, $2.30. If you like the Knights, probably the shortest they've been all year, to be honest. Minus four is the line. Newcastle, one to twelve three sixty. Warriors, $3. Newcastle, 13 plus, $5.50, for the Warriors. Titans, Broncos, after what they served up last week, and they're at home, I don't know what to think, but you guys usually give them trouble. Uh, the Broncos, they've got this reshuffle. Hunt, supposedly, they're going to play nine. Probably Nickarim and Milford. In the halves, but I'm still going to stick with the Broncos because I think you guys are on my I'm going bounce back. Titans win. There you go. Because I hate Brisbane. I know you do. I hate them. You guys usually play well against them. I hate them. I hate them. And they rolled us in that last game uh, at Suncorp, game we should have won. Yeah. Dogs. I hate them. Gossip, he's on the Broncos as well, so you got a chance to pick up a point here. And with William Hill, the Brisbane Broncos, $1.60, $2.35, the Titans, minus four the line. 1 to 12 Titans, $3.60, $3 Brisbane. 13 plus Gold Coast, $6, $3.15 Brisbane. Sharks, Canberra. And I know everyone, again, Canberra's going to win five in a row. I don't see it happening. Maloney won't be back. New Brown probably won't be for the concussion. Who do they have to replace? Honestly, they don't have a lot of players they can put there. But I'll tell you who will play there. If I had anything to do with it, Wade Graham. Because mm-hmm. the only other guy that's there, they don't have anyone in cup they can bring up. I doubt they're going to bring in Flanagan's own son to debut this their team's four wins clear in the Toyota Cup and head and shoulders above everyone. But uh, J- Joseph Paulo or Way Graham, I'm not bringing Joseph Paulo in. I pick an extra forward. I put Way Graham at six. You got Luke Lewis and a Jason Bakuya. I just put him on that edge of the field and I roll on with business as usual. 
I don't trust Canberra enough, and especially not at the prison. Papali, Rapana, you can all come back. I'll stick with the Sharks. Ah, oh, Tip well. your Raiders already, mate. Yeah, Raiders. I'm already doing it because I know you can bet you about to do as soon as you start breathing like that. The Sharks, $1.50 favorites with William Hill. Two sixty for the Raiders if you think they've got a bit of value, and they probably do. Minus five and a half is a line. One to twelve sharks, three dollars, three seventy-five Raiders, thirteen plus sharks, two ninety, six fifty for the Raiders. Manly versus the Roosters, a game I would have said is looking like an absolute cracker before this little form slump. Um, but no excuses for Manly, besides Curtis Sieran and Tafura is out for the year, they're pretty much full strength. Uh, on the Rooster side of things, they're missing a couple of players, they're still ticking along. There's Corden to play. Very possible. Uh, friend is obviously another week away, apparently, and Gordon likely not to play again until they make the finals. So hard one to tip, and it is at Brookvale. I expect Manly to be better, but I'm, I'm going to stick with the Roosters. Roosters. Gossip is also on the Roosters. So with William Hill, they are the favourites. $1.77, 205 for Manly. Minus 1.5 is a line. 1 to 12 Roosters, 310, 330 Manly. 13 plus Roosters, $375, $5 Manly. And the last game of the round. Father versus son, revenge. Cleary versus Gould and the Panthers. Dun, dun, dun. Panthers, Tigers at Penny Park. Uh, Penrith still don't know what they're doing in their attack. And I think Ivan Cleary will be right up for this one and the Tigers will be right up for this one. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with Penrith only because I think their finals hopes are on the line. But if I'm going to have a bet, the Tigers at 350, I'm taking some of that. I'm going to tip the Tigers. There you go. And Gossip, who's a Panther fan, he's, I don't know if he's trying the reverse jinx, which works for me so much, but he's also tipped the Tigers. So I'm basing this purely off Penrith want to play finals. Show me something. Mm-hmm. As Bobby would say, show me something. Show me something. Yay. But, yeah, I don't, I, I don't have a whole lot of confidence. But 350, this is like last week. I, I thought that was good betting value yesterday, you guys, um, the Tigers. And... Uh, I had 1-12 to 12 Tigers, and they went 13-plus. I was very disappointed. Mm. But, yeah, gossip. Not even on his own team. Disappointing stuff. But with WilliamHill.com, Penrith are $1.30. The Tigers, three fifty minus ten and a half is a line. 1-12 to 12 Panthers, three ten four seventy five 475 Tigers. 13-plus Penrith, two ten uh is for them, and $10 for the Tigers, 13-plus. But tips, all done, all the gossip for another week. Uh, what have we got different here? Just you on the Titans on your own, you on the Raiders on your own, and I've tipped Penrith on mine. So there's a few small moves there, but nothing too major. But, mate, that wraps us up. Everything done. Set of six, power rankings, locking and cutting, game reviews, massive, massive amount of fan questions after a week off, gossip, all the odds brought to you by WilliamHill.com. I think the only thing we kind of got to sort out here is possibly our charity, but I think this is a pretty hard round, to be honest. Yeah, it is. There's a few games where the odds I'm not quite comfortable with. And there's a few games I look at and I'm not quite comfortable with either, to be honest. But we're on a massive slump here where we've got to pull our finger out for the Great Walk Foundation, that's for sure. We do. I don't mind the Roosters at $1.77. But I don't mind the Tigers at three fifty. Yeah, but do we really want to hedge your hopes? I want to go home? down. I'm going to go down and stand on the hill, and I'm going to have a couple of cups to catch all the Penrith fans' tears when they're crying about their season going down the Gula. Well, <laughs> I, I like the confidence. I really do. But I get no, the feeling. I don't think it's going to happen. But yeah. Oh well. That no, round, I think I think the Tigers will give them a good crack. Hundred percent. I think that, uh, like I said, Cleary against his own son against the Panthers, he'll be up for it. There's no doubt about that. But that's us for another week. All the content you could ever want. All the fan questions, giving you fans what you want. Thank you, Richmond Residential. 
Thank you, WilliamHill.com. Make sure, like we said, as always, you're going to have a bet on the NRL or any sport. You do it with William Hill, our charity account, the Great Walk Foundation. Check them out. Give them a hand if you can. Most importantly, though, thank you to everyone that listens, all your feedback, any questions. You got anything, send it through on the inbox. Any questions, talk about footy. Uh, Robert, out there, you've inboxed us. I haven't forgot about your brother. I'll probably put you on a Brock. He was looking for some coaching tips for some under-10s. Oh, Jesus. Few little, just a few small things for under-10s. That's all. Under-10s, come on, mate. It's more fundamental stuff. No, I mean, he's, he must be in desperate stakes if he's coming. He's asking for you. He was actually in Penrith today. I forgot to reply to him. We're both at work when you hear this unfortunate champion, so we couldn't come, but he had a gala day down here with the team he was coaching today. So They would have got some wet bums. Yeah, 100%. So he's coaching the school side. Yeah, I think it was... He's a school teacher. I don't know. He's fighting the good fight. There you go. He's out there, there just go. educating every day. He's asking for a few tips. Like a yeah, that's fine. Not like yourself, but... Yeah, thank you, oh, Richard. I can give him some. I don't know how good they're going to be. Ah, that's all right. Thank you, Richard Residential. Thank you, WilliamHill.com. Thank you, Boxhead. Everybody out there, like I said, any questions you've got, send them through to us. And obviously, if you have a couple of minutes, it doesn't even take that long. If you're on iTunes, rate and review us. It'll be much appreciated. It boosts us up, helps us out. Everybody, enjoy your week and enjoy your rugby league. Bring it on. Give us more. Give us more. Where are you going? Where, what's going on here? Is that it? Is that it? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>